Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace. And before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Cincy Shirts. Look, you know Cincy Shirts. You love Cincy Shirts. They've been with FC Cincinnati from the beginning. And we're just huge fans of their work here at The Post and happy to have them on as a sponsor. If you head on over to CincyShirts.com, that's Cincy with a Y, check out using the promo code ThePostCincy. That's all one word, all caps. You will get 10% off your order and you let them know that we sent you there. They have MLS and MLSPA licensed FCC gear available online or in two retail locations in Hyde Park and Fort Mitchell. And the cool thing about the in-store locations, if they don't have your size on the shelf, they can print you one on the spot. Also, the promo code works in stores as long as you tell them. And that promo code is, again, the post Cincy with a Y, all one word, all caps, or use the link down in the description of this podcast. And thank you so much to Cincy Shirts for sponsoring this episode. And on this episode of the postcast, well, folks, you know we got to talk about it. That FC Cincinnati Inter-Miami match in the U.S. Open Cup semifinal here in Cincinnati had ended in a penalty shootout loss for the Orange and Blue. There is a lot to pick over in this game, and goodness do we pick over a lot in this game. The highs and the lows from this match we basically ride that wave of emotions once again, recapping this game, what we can learn from it, what this game means for this city and for this team going forward. In part two, we are looking ahead at the rest of the season. There is just 10 games left and silverware is just in sight for FC Cincinnati. Do the previous three games have any bearing on how that trophy run is going to go? And then finally, part three, we are previewing the New York City FC game this weekend. That's right. They do not stop playing these games. It happens again. We'll let you know how that one's going to go. And that's going to be your postcast. Joining me to talk about all of that and more are two gentlemen who were not among the million plus watching on TV. They were in the stadium. I'm joined by the chief. I'm joined by Grayson. Grayson, did you have good seats for this one? And were you surrounded by messy fans? Um, I had, well, I had my normal seats, so I had great seats. Good. And good. I was not surrounded by messy fans. Wow. Um, there was there were a few in my section, not a lot. Um there was a kid in front of me who mm -hmm. was wearing a messy Argentina jersey, but he was he gave me a fist bump when <laughs> uh Yuya Kubo scored that tying goal. Aww. He was cheering, he was cheering for the FC. And you have to you, you have to have a lot of leeway for like small children. <laughs> yes. And then I, I knew that so he and his Dad were not usual um, attendees in those seats, but they were with uh, the two people next to them mm. who come to every game. And so, like, I, I knew 
that they were okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, from the start. Well, that's good. You had a better experience than I did. Chief, how were your seats? Were you in a sea of messy fans? I actually was. Um, <laughs> I was in a section where sort of across the aisle and two rows in front of me, there was an entire group of people in messy kits, one of whom had brought a homemade World Cup trophy that he was wow. just holding the entire game. Why not? Uh, he was next to a guy in a Maradona jersey, which I thought was just, you know, sure. Why not? All right. Um, You're telling me a- you can't bring a person to the stadium, <laughs> but you can bring like a replica World Cup <laughs> blunt object. You mean right, a bludgeon? <laughs> right. As long as he brings it in a clear plastic bag, though, I think it's OK. Um, behind me was an entire row of messy stands, one of whom when uh, Miami went down 2-0, was assuring his friends, it's okay um, as long as we get an away goal on the second leg of this uh, competition, <laughs> we'll be completely fine. And good. then That's good advice. Um, he had to be corrected in that by one of my seatmates uh, who will remain nameless. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I hate it here and I want I want to burn the stadium to the ground after experiencing that. I, and then uh, the, the yeah. worst is just the cherry on top was that there was three FC fans in front of me. And it was a dad who had brought two small children to the game. I would say boys between the age of like, I don't know, like 11 or 12. Yeah. And the dad was intently into the game. He was so intently into the game. He had just abandoned any thought of parenting. <laughs> and was just laser focused on the field. And at some point, the two kids that he was with just started beating the shit out of one another, like like wailing on one another just to get a reaction from each other. Yeah, Like, and you could hear them hitting each other. Like the blows were, there was some venom behind these hits with one another. And they were winding up and and swinging on each other and just beating the shit out of each other at this, in this section. And this is while we're in extra time. Yeah. You know, pushing for a tying goal until finally I turned into that guy and I was like, hey, do do you mind knocking it the fuck off? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to watch this game (laughs) and you two are throwing haymakers at one another and it's kind of distracting. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, it's. It's almost jerk line worthy, right? Like you almost wish there right. was something just to <laughs> just to hope for it. Um, I had a uh, I had a pretty great experience uh, up in the uh, up in the nosebleeds in two twenty, um, completely surrounded by messy fans and a very pregnant FC fan. And to be clear, we were in literally the last row. So just props to her for for making it all the way up there. Uh, But the guy sitting next to me is wearing a green specialty uh, Liverpool kit, which had to have cost, I don't know, $150 or more if it was authentic, which it did look like it. And he had a City Connect uh, Reds hat on and was clearly cheering for Messi, but said, I wouldn't mind seeing FC get a goal in this game. Oh, too. That's awfully nice of him. Yeah, it was very, very nice. And then um, 
it just kept going on and on. And, and me and my seatmate, uh, Prent, we're there booing Messi's every touch. You know, we're talking shit when we go up a couple of goals. And um, this guy's just like, you can't offend the soccer god on the field oh like my this. God. I'm like, hey, man, what is your deal? You're clearly from Cincinnati. He's like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I had to channel my inner Grayson article. I was like, it's not. Man, he signed a two and a half year deal. He's played here before. He's playing with Argentina in the summer next year. You have plenty of opportunities. And he's been a professional for 20 years. Yeah. Where have you be been? Back. He'll be back next year. Like, they're in Eastern back. He may be, be back for the playoffs. Yeah, right. <laughs> But he's definitely going to be back next year. Yeah. Um, that guy reminded me of. Um, so I, I, you know, I feel like I've said my piece on mm. the. Um, the. The worship. Of Messi. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it reminded me of a classic exchange on uh, Twitter. From last year, uh, Elon Musk tweeted. Haven't even had sex in ages, sigh. And some guy responded, Bullshit, bro. I'm happily married with an amazing wife. Even she understands if I helped you out. She would even be proud of me, even if I myself would feel like shit. LOL, that's like hell for me, but I would do it. LOL. <laughs> and then um, a guy says, Are you offering to, you know, have sex with Elon Musk to help him out. And he says, yes, I am. Is that a problem? <laughs> LOL, like, like this is profoundly weird. Or are you all just a little too uptight, maybe? And the guy like closes by saying, yes, I'm willing to do shitty things for a cause. This is the nature of sacrifice. <laughs> LOL. LOL. I feel like I'm crazy often because people are weird. Wow. I just want yeah. you, if anybody's listening, and like thinks that in, you know, felt like wearing a messy jersey to this game or that like you have to respect messy or whatever. That's what you sound like to me. Right. <laughs> no, I did say at one point there were some people that were just wilding out for messy in my section. And I get it. There were little kids in front of me and this probably wasn't my best choice. But I just yelled down. It's like, he's not going to fuck you, man. Like <laughs> he doesn't know you exist. I understand you have shown up and you have made your entire personality tonight about coming yeah. to worship at the altar of a man who does not know you exist, doesn't speak the language you speak. You don't need to do this, man. He has more money than God. He's accomplished more than you ever will in your lifetime. He doesn't need you here in this moment defending and cheering his every move. It's weird. It yeah. is weird. I will never stop finding it profoundly weird that people are fans of an athlete on a team sport that <laughs> not like, only does I, he not, I don't care about his team. I care about him individually. Not only does he not know that you live, he wouldn't like you <laughs> if he met you. He would he would find nothing about you relatable or interesting. And in fact, the fact that you invest so much of yourself in this individual tells me that like, I wouldn't find you relatable or interesting. Right. 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 You know what he, you know what he would care most about is the fact that your kit's bootleg and he didn't make any money off that. That's yeah. probably the most, that's probably the most important thing he would find out about you. All I, right. So I, before we, before ooh, we move please. on from Whereas this, I idolize Evan Loro 
Yeah. And he's, he's come to my podcast twice. Yeah. <laughs> and he's still to my hero. <laughs> I got to interview Mitch Hildebrand. Fuck you. <laughs> um, can we, can I call live before everyone here an emergency meeting of the podcast of the postcast? Yes, please. Are we okay if I make a motion that at the conclusion of this episode, that we are going to put a moratorium on the word messy and discussions of Lionel Messi for, I'm going to say, 30 days. I'll go as far as to say uh, 30 days or until we play them, whichever one is longer. So what I, here's what I propose. I propose a 30-day moratorium. What, what day is it? August 24th. 24th. As we record this. As we record this, and we we play them in October, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I'll I'll look the date up while you continue. Yeah, that was the only thing I couldn't remember. Here's what I think makes sense: moratorium on Miami and Messi for 30 days. Period. Okay. At the at the expiration of 30 days, we could talk about Miami to the extent that it is relevant for table. Yes. And playoff race discussion. I like this a lot. Okay. Because we may have to talk about them going into late September, to talking about the stretch run into the playoffs and what yeah. the picture is developing into being. Yeah. We do not talk about Messi until the preview episode for the Inter Miami game. Okay. So we're playing that match October 7th. Okay. Is that a Saturday? I assume so. So that means October 5th, I think, we'll be allowed to talk about Messi. I am game. It's 44 days until then. So 30 days of Messi moratorium will give us a two-week window until that match. I think that is more than enough time to discuss anything we need to discuss about that Inter-Miami match, um, about where Miami is in the table. But I'm done. I, I would even go so far as to propose that there be some kind of punishment for anyone on this podcast going forward that slips up and mentions his name again. Oh. Yeah, uh we like will be this. taking we will be taking uh suggestions. Yeah, on that's this. it. Okay. Drop so them in the I, Discord. Drop yeah. them in the Discord. Put them on in the Twitter replies. If you find us on any other social media, good luck. Um <laughs> you know like if you want to put it in a blue sky reply yes we will we'll probably see it <laughs> well i'll probably see it uh i'm okay if it's like a one-time thing like every time someone mentions his name that there's a consequence i'm also okay with doing a running track and there being like a general punishment at the end of the 30 days for anyone Ooh. that slips up the most missing him it was like what we were talking about when we were up in columbus last weekend that you know, Kevin just mentioned you were in a fantasy football draft. Yeah. I want to get involved in a fantasy football league where the buy-in isn't a prize. That So you everybody buys in $100, and then at the end of the uh, season, the winner gets his money back, and the rest of the money is used to make some sort of a punishment for the loser. So 12-team <laughs> league, the winner gets 100 the loser, $1,100 is spent making them do something. Like, we're renting you a car 
and paying for your gas, but you have to drive to Los Angeles and back as part of the punishment. Or you have to show up at CVG and we have purchased a plane ticket, bring a duffel bag, you don't know where you're going. And what it turns out that you're doing is you are just flying from airport to airport with like eight hour layovers. It's never a long enough time to leave the airport, but you're just bouncing around (laughs) for places for an entire weekend. I'm okay with that at the end of this too, that whoever has mentioned this dickhead's name, uh, too often over the course of the next couple of weeks that there's something horrendous that they must do in order to appease our listeners, um, the kind and loving God who should never have allowed last night to happen, whomstever. <laughs> so I, I think that we sh- I think we should be pretty strict on this. I'm I'm like, I'm in favor. No, I don't of want to. Yeah. No, like, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not sure I want like a running tally. I want the stakes. To be there yeah. if you slip up. Yeah, I like this. All right. I'm, I'm uh, this is not this is not a bit. I don't want to talk about him. I'm done. I'm so, so, so done. So we can do. So what I what I propose is we can spend the next few days um, gathering suggestions and assessing them. And we'll announce. Maybe maybe on the next episode what we're going with i like this yep um but we'll have to just say if you slip up announcing the challenge i guess that's all right but just say like we have a challenge we talked about in the last episode (laughs) yeah that's it the the real challenge is explaining the challenge (laughs) here is the punishment for anybody who slips up <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm in this. I'm into it. So get it out of your system tonight. Like this is it. This is our last chance. I'm done. Yeah. I think I think for the mental health of the dozens of listeners, the dozen listeners, I think it'll be good to move on after this. Go, like have your catharsis and move on. So we were like a, you know, quasi leagues cup podcast for a minute there. Yeah. Um going forward, our pledge to you, the listeners is we're going to go back to our roots as an FC Cincinnati podcast that barely talks about soccer as is, but when <laughs> soccer is discussed, it is centered around FC Cincinnati and the experience of being a fan of FC Cincinnati. You know, the true voice of the fan, as it were. The only true voice <laughs> of the fan. And we're going to return to our roots and even after this challenge is over, I, I think I feel pretty comfortable saying that if, we're, if we talk about these folks going forward, mm-hmm. it is going to be in the sense that it relates to FC Cincinnati's, you know, playoff games, regular season games, position on the table. You know, we are going to remain yeah. the center of the soccer universe yes. in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. I, Unless someone wants to offer us a lot of sponsorship dollars to break this. <laughs> I can be bought. I can be bought. If you I've, want this same venom brought in defense <laughs> of your golden boy. Pay up. There is a number. DMs are open. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I absolutely love this. I also, I'll go a step further and say that. I think every outlet should not do a total blackout. Don't get me wrong. That would be crazy for national media to try to do that. But I think it is important for MLS to look like a big boy league by uh, just 
pretending like Messi being here is a normal thing that you should expect to happen uh, of a, a league of of high esteem and reputation. Um, so yeah, I am in, in total favor of this. Now, having said that, I did think of this while we were discussing the fans of Messi. And I do think that there should be some sort of like intersectionality chart for Messi fandom where it's like, if you're Argentinian, like you get a pass. If your family's Argentinian, you know, that's, that's fine. But if you're like, you know, got like German Chad, roots. Chad yeah. from Delhi. Like yeah. if you're Chad from Delhi. Stop. You got in you got into the Premier League four years ago and you're you're this obsessed with Messi. I don't know you get to count anymore. <laughs> yeah, if you're like if you're from Argentina, your parents are from Argentina. Yeah. I get that. Folk that's like Absolutely. that is a that is an independent personal connection. We are talking about people. <laughs> with no damn good reason to act this way. Right. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, yeah, uh, the circus. I, I was going to come up with some analogies there, but I cannot. <laughs> none of the analogies that I came up with were non-problematic. I was going to say, don't get canceled. <laughs> tread, tread lightly here. <laughs> um, the, the league should stop this shit. It's getting embarrassing. It's and it's not only getting embarrassing. I don't know. Just I have so many thoughts after last night. Yeah, so many. And. It's hard to put into words. How profoundly. Sad I was walking out of the game last night, unhappy with the idea that the decision by MLS to bring Lionel Messi to this league and to do that, they leveraged money from the largest corporation on the planet by market capitalization. Mm-hmm. They leveraged money from one of the largest manufacturers of sporting goods on the planet, who is their kit sponsor. They gave up a percent of their television revenue, a percent of their kit sales. They bent over backwards, moved heaven and earth to pay this person whatever it took to get him to his preferred destination, got his friends to sign. And they did all that, put their finger on the scale to build a super team in the year that we were good, that we are good, that this is a good team. And it's be, this, this is a moment stolen from us as FC Cincinnati fans, just like and I hate that I have to defend them on this. It was a moment stolen from Nashville in the League's Cup. That's a Nashville team that goes on an incredible run in League's Cup, and their moment is stolen because the team they come up against is Garber's Globetrotters, is a team that is purpose-built to be a super team. Yeah. And you talk about like the league needs to, you know, change what it's doing. They're at the risk, legitimately, I think, of alienating the fans they already have where you are a fan of some team and you look at this and you're like, well, what's the goddamn point? Like they just went and they, they, they gave everything to one city, to one team, and they sacrificed all the rest of the league on the altar of chasing 11 million views on Twitter for a video or 1.2 million viewers on Telemundo for an open cup game. And everything else is secondary to that. And The part that really kind of drove it home for me was 
Apparently last night after the game, Carl Linder comes down to the media room and talks to the media about how proud he is of the team and how proud he is of the coach and how proud I am of the fans and what an effort the lads gave last night. Carl Linder voted to bring uh, Lionel Messi to enter Miami. He gave his okay to that deal. He was one of the, owner, the owners that voted for this. I guarantee you that the owners and the governors of MLS had to sign off on this deal. Carl Linder signed off on the deal that undermined his team, that undermined his city, and that cost them a chance at their first trophy. And that's just like, the fuck's the point of all this? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. So I do, I want to, I want to table that thought for a second because I did come up with my analogy. Oh, okay. Good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the non-connective messy fans uh-huh. are like mother's younger brother from ragtime. They have no identity of their own, except in the extent that they and re- how it relates to others. And what ultimately happens to mother's younger brother, of course, is he is he dies, of course, fighting for a cause that really isn't his. Um. The difference between the messy stands and mother's younger brother is he found a somewhat noble cause to give his life to. <laughs> they are simping for a billionaire. <laughs> Same thing. It's, what is what is what is the difference? Uh, yeah, chief. I no. I I completely agree with you, and I understand that like the focus goes to messy, but it can't. It probably can't be said enough, but then again, we are going to ban talking about it. So it is possible to say this too much. But like just a reminder, it's not just Messi. It's Busquets. It's Alba. But it's also Gomez, Farias, uh, Aviles or Aviles, whatever his name is, Tomas uh, from Racing Club. Like they turned over their roster in what we can only be described as quasi-legal ways to bring in essentially six starters. Those U22 players mentioned in there, basically the non-Barcelona names you didn't recognize, um, incredibly highly regarded South American uh, players and uh, the two of them being Argentinian uh, turned down moves to Europe to go play with Messi. It, it makes you wonder, you know, did they take a haircut to do that? Which is again, something that wouldn't have been available if Messi wasn't there or were they, are they getting paid more than they're supposed to when the league is looking the other way? Like there is so much that goes into this that yes, Miami went from the worst team in the league. And I know the the story you'll see on from folks on Twitter is, oh, it's messy or or charitably, it's three old guys. They stuck on the worst team in the league. So well, no, they also brought in Tata Martino, who was one of, if not the most successful MLS coaches in his very short run at Atlanta United. Um, like they literally built a super team overnight. All of this happens, by the way, between July 15th and August 1st. All of those transfers and uh, Martino showed up maybe a week before all of that. Just like the the snap of the fingers and it turns into something radically different. And yeah, like as FCC fans, super annoying because what looked like a straight shot at the quadruple 
sure, we might lose in a final, maybe, suddenly turned into, you know, a para, uh, you know, a, a situation that probably wasn't going to pan out. And we saw that in the League's Cup and we saw that in the Open Cup. Granted, the team didn't technically lose, losing in penalties and knockout rounds. You know, there's something to be said for that, but there isn't. It's a loss. It's the other team celebrate. The other team celebrated on your field. You can call whatever the hell you want. It's a yeah. loss. Devastating. So, no, I, th- I think it is right to be upset about that. It, it's right to be frustrated by that. And yeah, it leads to the circus that we saw last night, which was a huge game for FCC and all of this other stuff. So, I don't brutal. Know. It's just, brutal. It's, it's, it's a lot to process right now that. That, yeah, that the circus came like if all these moves happen two weeks later, three weeks later, I know the transfer window is what it is, but it was perfectly coincided just to to <laughs> fuck us. Yeah. Like, yeah, just that that's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure exactly. What. What Lindner's role was in like say voting to approve the messy deal. Um, I don't think he was against it by any means, but like, I, I don't know exactly what the process of approving that deal looked like. If it was something that Garber could do. There's no way self. There's no way. Or that the league competition committee, which the members of that aren't public. Although I, I do. I think I did. I think I do remember hearing. No, Lindner might be on the board of governors. For, oh yeah, for for MLS, right? But I don't. Yeah, I I'd have to look look that look that back up because I know that I've read in the past about our ownership being fairly active in the league committees. Yeah. But you know that said. I don't think it was inappropriate for Carl to come down and say, you know, I, I support this team in spite of the result. They didn't do anything to make me disappointed as an owner and they should keep their heads up. And oh, let's I'm go, sick of let's that shit. I'm trophies. sick of this shit. So I am season, so what should they sick. do? Just sit in their room know. and cry? No, be I, mad. I really hope, I really so, hope that you've never... So look. I'm if, so sick of this happy to be nothing, here horse shit. I'm so sick of the, the lads fought hard and they should hold their head high. They lost. This, this is... We are so far beyond being proud to be here and happy to be here. They are allegedly a top of the table team. The expectation should be winning. Like this patronizing bullshit about, wow, the fans in Cincinnati, they really showed themselves. Oh, We've I don't give a shit about that. I don't give a shit yeah. about what the other years. people say about, oh, this, say about us this, as fans. Oh, if this team plays this hard the rest of the year, what? They'll lose every game in a penalty shootout if they play exactly like this? No. Like at some point, the standard <laughs> I mean, has to no. be winning. It has I mean, to be no. winning. Okay, well, first of all, Every time we lose, you go into this massive fit. And like, like I was Manchester okay City with loses games. I was okay with it till it was the, the they hold their heads you high. Not you okay with it after the St. Louis game? You're like, game. you're like good, 
good teams don't lose games like this. They don't. That's accurate. But <laughs> no, they do. Every team does. We are a but, good team, and we did lose a game like that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> are we a good team? Are we? We are a very good yeah, team. We're eight, eight points, eight points ahead of, as, of everybody else in the league. As How bad the last as FCC, as bad as FCC may be now, just imagine everybody else with the possible exception of Miami, is worse. No, I, just, was, so I was wait, not... Shut, shut, shut up for a second. Shut up for a second. Okay? Um, it's, it's, like, crazy to me that, like, I, anybody who works in a... Anybody who works in a field where, like, you're in kind of an adversarial competitive setting and victory is not certain in any given case or instance... <laughs> Oops. understands that like <laughs> there's only so much you can do and that sometimes things won't go your way and about the least productive thing that you can do i mean i'm sure it makes you feel good <laughs> i'm sure it's performative and, and fulfills some type of like emotional need that you may have oh, man. but wow. the least productive thing that you can do is, is <laughs> stomp around your office screaming at people saying like i want everyone to be mad Let's all get mad. You don't you know, have we're to. Supposed, we're supposed to win. We you can are all, supposed to win. Is, nothing is acceptable except for victory. That's absolutely Complete true. And total victory. <laughs> and we should just. We should just stop trying. And we should just I give just, up. I didn't say but stop that is, trying. But that is the message you send. The only, the only acceptable thing to do after a setback is to look at, okay. Yes, there's a little bit of what could we have done differently. What didn't we do? Sure. But what you're actually supposed to do is say, what's next? That's fine. What are we going to do next? No, I don't no, I don't want anybody. I don't want I don't want I don't want Carl Lindner hiding his face ashamed to see people. I don't want him coming down and saying like, 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 I don't care what they did. They only needed to win. You didn't need to say anything. You don't need to say yeah. you're proud of losers. You don't need to say that. They're not losers just they because literally they lost, lost the game. <laughs> no. Technically they didn't. No. They were not. Losing out. is an action. Loser <laughs> is like an identity. Losers are the people that show up to the game in the messy Miami jerseys <laughs> with no connection to Messi or Miami. <laughs> I was they, like, they didn't become winners. Yeah. Because Messi won a penalty kick shootout. No. The the alternative is an ownership group that doesn't care, that doesn't show up to the game at all because they kind of forgot that they owned an MLS side or that, uh, you know, they, they, they go down and say, yes, we have achieved our objectives. This is exactly as far as I thought this team could go, and this was a success. We didn't get any of that. We got an ownership group that said this was a tough loss. I'm going to put myself out there, and I'm proud of the effort that was on display. Why? It was an effort that lost. Why are you proud of losing? I don't you, understand that. I never it's will. Not, it's not being proud of losing. Look, you can break a personal best in a in a hundred meter sprint and still lose the race. It doesn't mean your effort was poor. You did the best you literally ever have done. That's like you're good. supposed to give your best effort. You're bragging about something you're supposed to do. Yeah, well, that's the thing. A lot of these teams don't, and we've seen it under Yup Stomp. That is a as an actual viable option in this case. <sighs> We we have heard from Alan Koch that he was trying to lose the Chicago Fire Open game. They, We've heard from the players that that was the case. It's not that they. It's not just that they played hard. It's they did play well. 
they went toe they to toe with 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 Messi. You know, they Lionel freaking Messi. They had they had probably better opportunities to win this game than Miami did. And if you go by FOTMOB, we were zero or five on big chances. Brutal. Miami was two for two. Um, this is they, cope. Uh, no, it's not cope. It's you. You're the pr- the problem is that we have a sample size of one. Yeah. Right. And a sample size of one doesn't tell you all that much about the state of, you know, your team. Yeah. For the majority of that game, you would have rather have been the FC Cincinnati team. The vast majority of that game, you would have rather and yeah, been us. Yeah, at the end, you would not have rather been us. Sure. But yeah. them's the breaks a little bit. Um, yeah. And, you know, beat New York this weekend. Beat New York. Yeah. And with that, fuck Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to end it, <laughs> <laughs> And Grayson signed off, folks. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, look, it's, I think it is very fair to be emotional after that loss. It was devastating. It was a roller coaster of a, we are winning that game. In regulation, in the in the ninety minutes of regulation, we are winning that game for ninety nine point nine percent of that time until we were tied, and then everything goes goes haywire from there. But I mean, look, you you want to talk about Lionel freaking Messi and one man coming to this? He was virtually a non factor. He had a couple of good placements, and yes, he had good placement on a free kick. Sure, it would be weird if he didn't. Honestly, it would have been a little stranger if he just trailed it into the wall. Uh, but in terms of run of play, he was as useless as Laten was against Nick Haglin in 2019. He was as useless as Hani Mukhtar was just a couple of weeks ago in TQL Stadium. This team has the ability to eliminate the other team's star player. Jordi Alba looked frustrated and flustered that he had to play a real team for the first time since coming to the United oh, yeah. States. He could not, he could not handle <laughs> Santiarius. No. He's like, holy shit, this is a guy like at my level. What is this? Um, that was lovely to see. And Busquets was just getting nicked in the ankle left and right by uh, Moreno and Wobodo. And even Brandon Vasquez mowing this guy over. It was a sight to, to see. We, we had this team exactly right. The game plan... I'll, I'll give Noonan his credit here right before Chief starts digging a six-foot hole for him. Uh, the game plan worked flawlessly. The chances were there. The defensive effort was there. The XG battle was won, I assume. I can't seem to find it right now. Um, it was... It was a beautiful sight to behold right up until it wasn't I, like that's the frustrating I mean, thing. That's that's every game you lose. It's going great right up until the point that it's not going well, great. Even the, Columbus, game even the Columbus <laughs> game was going great for the first five minutes. Like <laughs> maybe true. But I mean, we've seen some bad games and yeah, the Columbus game is a perfect example of how this team 
can let the wheels fall off and even going down and then losing in this game in extra time like yeah their their confidence looked absolutely shaken they found a way to come back and of all people Yu Yakubo stepped up to the moment in a way that we didn't see a so lot we, of other wanna, players step up. Do we want to go through? Do we this go was through the day Yuya Kubo finally became president. Thank you, Van Jones. Do we want to go through this entire? Do we want to go through this game? Because there's a lot to talk about in this game individually. We, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's run through this. I mean, we, don't, we, we can don't spend just, two we don't hours. Have to spend an hour on it, but let's right. let's run through it. I actually I watched the highlight package and took some notes. Oh, this is perfect. Yeah, I've Please. never done this before. <laughs> I love but, this. But Kevin, I assume you have a you have a recap in front of you. But I do I do have a, I use this rundown here, but it doesn't have like big moments that were like a thing taken away. So that'll be useful. So okay, we start well, out so we start yeah, out. Yeah. We we've got the first team lineup out there. Yeah. Minus Yerson Mascara. So you know, everybody knew we were gonna go for it. There was no thought of having a cup rotation on this. Um Alec Khan and goal, which will become very, very relevant. <laughs> yes. Later on in the recap, but they start out. And I thought what was interesting about this is that tactically they start out and they are playing FC Cincinnati ball, which was all anybody asked was don't be Philly. Do not try to do something different. And FC Cincinnati ball is we are not looking to possess. We are not looking to dictate tempo. We are looking to wait for you to make mistakes and we are looking to press on the counter. We're going to press you uh, when you're in your third selectively and we think we can make something out of it. But we're okay conceding possession around the midfield and even approaching the final third because we know that we have ball winners in the midfield and we have ball winners um, on the back line. And it worked. Yeah. It was an effective strategy. You could see a concerted effort to disrupt passing lanes to Lionel Messi specifically, that the midfield was looking to disrupt getting the ball to Messi and that whenever he got the ball, the defense collapsed in on him. It's a lot very familiar to the strategy that we see being employed against Lucho Acosta a lot against us is that when he got the ball, there was an immediate collapse and it's you are not going to beat us. One of these other guys is going to beat us. We're not going to give time and space on the ball. And I loved it. I was so happy that they were sticking true to who they are as a team and as a as a play style. I thought yeah. that the I thought the press overall um, was good. It was it was a little different than I think that we at least to my eyes, it was a little different than we've seen in a lot of games where. At in where in other games, they might have pressured the goalie and the defenders pretty deep. Yeah, it felt like a lot of times they were sitting back until like Kristoff or or Miller would get the ball to like a particular point past the midpoint of Miami's defensive hat half. And then they would and then they would they would go off. Yeah, right. And it seemed like it was designed to the press was designed not particularly to win the ball in those spaces, but to disrupt passing lanes from the center backs into the midfield, which I thought was was genius, A, because the defensive shape that FC Cincinnati employed was incredibly compact for most of this game, that you could see 
um, at least sitting on the end lines on the uh, the end lines where I were, the space between the the forwards pressing and the back line, yeah, it, it, it shrunk the field of play down to an incredibly narrow band of the pitch. And as long as you maintain your line and as long as you bunch the passing lanes up, there's not a lot of risk in playing that way as long as you're disciplined. And it really made it difficult for Miami to move and advance the ball, which phenomenal. Yeah. No, it was it was incredible to see. And yeah, I, I'm glad you, you touched on that. The high line from the defense was you know, ballsy given mm-hmm. you know what Miami is capable of doing. And yet in conjunction with the press and uh Moreno and Wobodo in the the midfield just just clogging things up, it worked really, really well. And it was really funny watching uh especially the Miami defenders, uh their move is to receive the ball, look for Messi. Okay, Messi is an open, pass the ball to the next guy. The next guy gets the ball. All right, where's Messi? No, he's not open still. All right, pass the ball. And it was just that was their whole game plan. And as long as you had somebody in the way, they didn't know what to do with the ball. They would do these like half-hearted attempts to cross to a winger or something, or to to release a winger down the side. It was just not working. And and nobody got beat deep. Like Hagland, no. Miazga, um, particular had great backtracking runs. And you you get nervous whenever. Yes. Nick Haglund turns around and starts running towards <laughs> his own goal. But damn it, if he didn't keep up with every single one of those plays where they tried to pick them over the top or pick the through ball to try and get behind the defense in that first half and most of that second half. Yeah, yeah I remember like early in the game, and this was kind of emblematic of how how it would go throughout. Um, Yedlin made a made a run down the sideline and. um Murphy tracked him the whole way. The long ball came through. It was too long. But like, even if it had been a perfect pass, Murphy was there. Yeah. Like there was not a free run um, uh, for Yedlin there. And he didn't really get, he didn't really get much um, down the side, which was something that they tried quite a bit. Um. And I thought Murphy was 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 quite good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, not to take anything away from Ian, but um, Kevin talked about the how how good the the high line was, um, the way that the defenders would spring a second guy on Messi. Um, a lot of times that was Murphy. Yep. Um, I wonder how important. I, I wonder how much of an influence Matt Miazga was on how organized the defensive unit played together. Yeah. It's hard not to compare this to how they looked over the weekend <laughs> against Columbus where Miazga wasn't there. Um, right. He's a stabilizing force. And I thought, I thought this was, I'm glad you touched on that. I thought this was Ian Murphy's best game as an FC Cincinnati defender. I feel clean. like we've said that a lot, but like, I don't disagree. Like clean. <laughs> No, but like he had he went to that stretch where he was having card problems and he was having discipline (laughs) problems. And Mm -hmm. this was an incredibly clean game from him. Um, I don't recall him putting many feet the wrong way against a very dynamic Miami attack. I mean, really, really well done, I thought. And if you didn't see I looked at the chart, but I also felt like he got a lot of. He got he got his he got his foot on the ball a lot in our attacking half as well. Like He was getting he was getting up in the attack and. 
making himself a, making himself uh, available and uh, finding you know Alvaro or other guys and like being active in that respect as well. Yeah, there's a moment in the first half. I don't remember exactly when it was. Uh, he attempted a give and go with Lucho streaking into the box. It's like, whoa, all right, young man. <laughs> Calm <laughs> you down. You can do too much. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, it wasn't too long into this game, the 18th minute, unless. Wait, Grayson, wait, wait. Yeah. Do you I, want to talk about people, the penalty? People, do, people probably will want, it, want us to, to give the final, let's say, the final word mm. on the Bupenza penalty shout. Do you think it was a penalty, Grayson? So, I I don't think this is one that we should be particularly aggrieved about. Yeah, I agree. I didn't um, think it was in the moment. I, in the moment, my reaction was, and I, I've tried to find a good view of it on the replay. They didn't really spend a lot of time looking at it on the TV broadcast. Mm. So... I found it kind of hard to see anything differently from what I saw live, but it is something that I have seen given. What it yeah. looked to me like was Bupenza just got his foot in between the ball and the defender, who I think was Yedlin, when the defender was just about to clear the ball out. Yeah, his foot was then, cocked, so, as it were. Yeah, yeah, and then and then instead of kicking the ball, he kicked Bupenza's foot which wasn't there when he started the kick and he had no real reason I think to expect Bupenza to suddenly yeah show up yeah. um and However, it's one it's one yeah. that I I have seen given against FCC I feel against like against FC Cincinnati and and elsewhere yeah um I couldn't find it I couldn't find the video but I do feel like it's very similar to one that Weston McKenney uh, got called when he was playing for Juve. Mm. I guess he still is playing for Juve, but I think it was in his first season with Juve. Um, but anyway, it's one I've seen called, but it's one that it's always kind of bothered me when it's given mm -hmm. because it feels kind of kind of cheap because the defender's not or the attacker rather. And I'm not saying Bupenza did anything wrong, right? He's getting in there, yeah. But what the attacker's doing is not necessarily really playing the ball. It's getting in the way of the defender playing the ball. Yeah. yeah. You're not the, being fouled in the act of playing offense. Right. Here. Yeah. yeah. I, I, th I think the huge distinction for me and the reason why, like, yeah, I've seen worse penalties given, but Yedlin had better position and Yedlin beat Bapenza to the ball. And I feel like that's always the delineating factor is that when it's a 50-50 simultaneous arrival at the ball, it's going to be called a penalty more often when the offensive player has position. It's going to be called a penalty when the defender gets to the ball and the offensive player initiates sort of what causes the foul by sticking his foot in there. I think then it, it gets a little harsh and I have a hard time saying I disagree with the call. If they'd have given the penalty, I'd have been happy about it. I'd, obviously, I'd have, taken it, yeah. I'd have taken it. But if that were called against us, I would have thought I would have been I would have howled if that call gets made on the other end and you yeah. swap jerseys. Yeah, it, it spiritually reminds me of the one that was taken away on VAR when we played Nashville. Yeah. Where um, it's not the same play, obviously, but, you know, Mascara has position. He's getting ready to, to play the ball. And then Zimmerman comes out of nowhere and just kind of causes himself to be knocked down by Mascara's yeah, you know, totally 
clean, innocuous ball playing action. Yeah. You know, and they took that one away, I think rightfully so. So, you know, I wanted it at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think had we gotten it, <laughs> we could, we could, it was defensible. Yeah. But I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> but it's, it's not. I'm not going to add this to one of the games where a referee decision clearly, a a specific referee decision clearly took points from us. Yeah. Right. Is there, or was there VAR in this game? Yep. Yeah, there was. You wouldn't know it by how quickly everything got checked, but Uh, yeah. Yeah. In the stadium, I was questioning myself as to whether or not it was even available because it felt like nothing even took a moment to be reviewed. Um, well, then we move on to Lucho Acosta scoring in the 18th minute with the <laughs> he gets credited with an assist, Aaron Lupenza. Oh, Bupenza got an assist, yeah. Because it bounces off of his face. I have not seen a replay since then, but this will be burned into my memory. The ball uh, bounces off of Bupenza's face. It lands in front of Lucho, who dribbles through the entire Miami defense in the box before putting it away. And I uh, I started to believe in this team <laughs> and in this game. <laughs> I think... We can we can we can erase this from the podcast if we want. <laughs> okay. We don't do I that on this podcast. I, I think it should have gone in as an own goal. Yeah, so, erase, I changed my mind. Erase that from the podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I like I just watched it that. and it yeah. looks actually like Acosta is playing the ball centrally and it glances off the defender. Into the into the side of the goal. I can't. I don't know if there is a solid rule. Like I feel like I've been told, and my understanding was always like, if the ball was going to go in, if the defender wasn't there, and it bounces off a defender, that's fine. It still counts that's as a goal. That's how I've always thought of it. But yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's the rule. I don't right? think that was. I, I'm not convinced that was going to happen here. In this case, but yeah. I would. Nah, no, nah, I'm watching it right now. No, that's all right, that's all, all, right. all Lucho. No, all no. Right, let's let's do it. It's all Lucho. Yeah, <laughs> I've always said it's all Lucho. Um, he, he kisses the badge afterwards. No, no, he, that, that's, <laughs> that's true. If you kiss the badge, it can't be that's, an own goal. No, um, I thought it, and I wrote down that this is like that. What happened? What what happened here was, you know, it was like Barrial to Moreno to Lucho to Bupenza's face kind of in the air in the box landing yeah. landing in front of Lucho and then he gets the goal it it was like a little more it was kind of the kind of complicated play that we complain about them doing <laughs> but it just like kind of happened to but also but also like but also it was quick and Lucho just keeps running, right? Yeah. Lucho just keeps running into the box and it plays into the box where he's where he's running to. This right, I goal found, is I found, I found is, another I found another angle here. Grayson, you might you uh, <laughs> It's Lucho's goal. It's Lucho's goal. Delete this from the internet. Delete this from the internet. Delete this. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Thank yeah. you for thank you for convincing me and talking yes. me off that that ledge. That absurd Look, point you were making. 
Once the evidence leads you to a position that you like, you need to stop getting more evidence. That's that's rule number one in all of so this. Rule number one is that no matter what your take is, you never be swayed by an argument from somebody else because then that just encourages other people to try and make arguments in the future. Right. Um, yeah, this goal is like entirely... Oh, that, was, that was just... I was joking. Yeah. Yeah. That was just an example of what not to do. Yeah, it's parody. That that's parody. The post's patented satire. Um, which we were recently accused of not having, oh, what was it? Not having the guts to do, to do true satire. I forget what the exact Reddit comment was. It was great. Who said that? Someone on Reddit. Don't some, worry about some it. Some jerk off. Nobody cares. <laughs> some nobody. No, this, this goal is entirely Lucho's like determination to win this game. And that's why I love this goal. It is so difficult. You see Lucho is like... We've seen this run a hundred times from Lucho and, and Chief, you've you've made this comment before. Like at a certain point you run out of talent. Yeah. Lucho was not running out of talent no. on this oh, one. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was scoring a goal against Messi. Like you knew this meant a lot to him. And he he absolutely pulled it off. And that was an incredible moment. And the Shalalas were intense. And yeah, I think at that point CBS might have realized. FCC has a shot in this one. <laughs> I forgot it was on CBS for a second because when you said CBS might have realized, I was like, "Oh, they're picking up Doctor Cop." This is where I wish for another show. This is where this is where I wish that Mike Watts was broadcasting this game because I absolutely think we could have gotten Mike Watts to drop a you know tune in next week for Doctor Cop Attorney at Law, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, about, I mean, about, the Bengals preseason isn't over, right? There's no, still another not. opportunity. <laughs> what, what about this for a for a show? True satire. It's about it's about a it's about two political comedians who travel together. Uh-huh. And but like behind the scenes, they're actually very like morose and going through like personal drama and struggles, and they unravel like a vast conspiracy involving like the 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 state the state politicians running like a child trafficking ring. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Where like the subject of their jokes they actually discover is true. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is kind of like um there was the movie with Mel Gibson conspiracy theory where he's just a crackpot but accidentally finds that one of the things he made up is true. <laughs> yeah, but in the, in true satire, it turns out every word that they've said is true. And that's Ooh. the ultimate irony. Or is, I mean, I don't know which direction you want to take this. That that stands on its own, but like maybe one of their writers is actually like the puppet master and putting their jokes, putting, no, putting the no, truth no, no. into the jokes. It's, is, it's that they are such gifted comedians, oh, such, they just, keen, they can such keen observers yeah, yeah. that they've intuited everything <laughs> without even realizing it. So does this, does true satire take, pl take place in the same cinematic universe as Dr. Cop, attorney at law? Like, is there a possibility of a crossover where Dr. Cop ends up at one of the comedy shows so, and then has to investigate what is being alleged on stage because these comedians are known for actually predicting so reality? No, no. no. <laughs> well, yes, in the same universe, of no, course. not the same time period. Um. I've, I view true satires taking place in the 60s 
which was like kind of the heyday. I was going to say, you've uh, just described this. You've just described the Smothers Brothers, actually. (laughs) Yeah. It's like this. It's or like a Mort Mort Saul type, like somebody who's like very silly, but also like, like just, just nailing it. And the, the, the bad guy in true satire is the grandfather of the DA in Dr. Cobb. <laughs> what happens is in true satire, they don't get brought down, right? Oh yeah, no. Like they, they don't, they don't get brought it. down. Yeah. They get away with it. So uh, the DA and Dr. Cobb, his name is Bill Faust, by the way. That's oh, a solid he's, got, he's, got, he's got a slogan. It's like a better deal for our state for running for, for governor. Uh, so it's like his son can be like William Faust the second. Yes. All right. So, so our guy is William Faust the third. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. And so, <laughs> does Doctor Cop know the existence of this comedy duo? Like, are they famous in this world? Then, I at that think. Point? It, well, the the comedy duo, no, is not. They were famous in their day, but they've been largely erased from uh, memory. But I do think that you can have like you introduce. So you do a soft kind of like a soft pilot for true satire <laughs> in an episode of Dr. Cop where she comes across their stuff while she's researching the Faust family, right? And you do some flashbacks to them uh, doing their act and, and doing some stuff. Mm. And then it's like for more adventures of true satire, catch this one on Paramount Plus because this is a streaming only one. This is not network. TV. It's a little can, more raw. It's a little can, bit more raw. Yeah. Than Dr. Cop. Could like one of their one of them have been murdered and it's a cold case that she ends up solving many, that many could, years later. I think, yeah. I think I think absolutely that could happen. Yeah. Which is maybe why they just kind of go under where one of them gets killed and the other guy is just like and maybe the other guy shows up. Man, wow. we're already coming up with spinoffs and and Come on, CBS. God damn it. Like the idea that DA's family is three generations of just straight murderers. (laughs) Hey, Hey man, it's state government, man. It's politics. (laughs) Let me tell you about the rough and tumble world of local politics. What do you think the DeWines put in those seed bags? Theoretically, satirically, jokingly. (laughs) Why do you think they bought a minor league stadium back in the day? Why do you think they call it the Biden crime family? Come on, Kevin. Yeah, it's, there you go. It's a good point. It's a good what, point. What what is sewed in the line of uh those those canvases that Hunter Biden is selling for, you know, two hundred thousand dollars? Damn microfilm. It's the it's how they're controlling the evidence. <laughs> it's Hunter Biden selling his own pictures sewed <laughs> into his canvases. What's what's in there? The evidence. What kind of evidence? You know, the evidence. The evidence. All, the, all the stuff that was on Reddit. <laughs> right. You may have already seen it, but now you own the fungible token of those photos you see. <laughs> No, wait, the non-fungible token, right, excuse so me. So we were up one one to nothing going <laughs> into halftime. I don't know if there's anything else in halftime other than it was a uh, a dicey, I don't know, a dicey end of the half. It felt like we were really holding on there towards the end, but it was good. It was so good to at see the end of the half, uh, I'm pretty sure at the end of the half, we end with the ball pretty in a threatening position. Like we have we a, did. A, we did. a pretty good chance at goal right before half. We're maintaining possession. And I felt good going into half. I felt yeah. like they were in a 
they were in a quality position. They were playing well. They hadn't really let off after the goal. The defensive shape was good. The, Miami hadn't really created any big chances in that first half where you were like, oh, shit. Um, they were doing mostly a good job of avoiding fouling and giving an opportunity for the free kick wonder boy to do his yeah. thing. Did so, Miami even have a corner in the first half? I don't think either team had a corner in the first half. I think they had one, if I remember correctly. Maybe one. Okay. But yeah, they come like, out of the... They, you, they go to halftime. And it's like you, you, you get the, it's one of those games, too, where you're like, don't concede before half. Don't make this a game before half. And they didn't. They got to half with the lead. And you're feeling good. Yeah. Uh, another note on my uh, seatmate that was next to me in the uh, Liverpool kit. Furious that there was a hydration break. When again, the feels like was like 105 or whatever during this game. Right. And I, uh, he's like, this is soccer. They don't do this. This is ridiculous. Why are they doing hydration breaks? This is some MLS nonsense. And I said, hey, man, do you only watch the Premier League? And he goes, no, I also watch Spain, too. I said, great. They play in the winter. The rest of the world, when it's hot out, they do this. They've been doing this for years. They, they also oh. do this in the Premier League when it's hot out. Yeah. They, yeah. Did, they did the hydration break frequently during the 2020 season when they came back late. Every single World Cup game probably yeah. had an hydration break. I can't think of one that might have gotten away without it. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I, I, was, I was very annoyed at that gentleman. Anyway. <laughs> did you, did you, I was, the best way to correct him would have been, Sir, this is not MLS bullshit. This is U.S. Open Cup bullshit. Yeah, there's different organizations. It's a different so- governing body. <laughs> How a dare different you, sir? So it's a captured regulator. These refs but- are not even... The, the, the contract isn't even with pro referees. <laughs> I don't even know who these assholes are. <laughs> well, it was, an ML, it was an MLS... It was a pro ref, but it was through a different organization. I love that the refs have two bosses. That's good. I like that a lot. Um, We get to the 53rd minute. Brandon Vasquez, he strikes on just what was what we've called the FC play, right? Like this was virtually that play, but instead of Barriel, it was Arias where we break on the counterattack. It goes through. I think it's Lucho who passes to Arias. It might have been somebody else. Yes, so... Same idea. Yeah, if you have the play in front of you, please describe it to me. Um, <laughs> oh, I might have, I might, I might have missed one pass here. Okay. But, <laughs> so, so here, so Obi, Obi tracks Messi. Okay. Right? Messi tries to pass to Campana. Hags beats Campana to the ball mm. and and kicks it out to Obi. Obi finds Moreno. Moreno finds Vasquez. Was it Vasquez, Moreno? Think, was it Moreno? Or was it Vas- Arias? Vasquez finds Moreno mm. and Moreno finds, oh wait, no, no, Vasquez finds Arias, right? Right. No. It's Arias, because it goes, the final goal goes Arias to Vasquez. Yes, yeah. Ar- Arias is streaking down and he finds Vasquez just at the top of the box and Vasquez scores his 12th in all competitions and uh, announces that his wife is pregnant. So what a congratulations, congratulations to Brandon. It was an incredible goal, and it was really great to see that Vasquez did not rush this shot. Earlier this season, we've seen him rush this shot. He takes a touch, or at the very least takes a moment, and just places it perfectly. Goal. We're up two to nothing. 
I'm process having ori- New York Red Bull flashbacks, but continue. <laughs> Process-oriented podcast, things I want to note. Number one, um, great touch by Vasquez, gets to a dangerous position, gets a good shooting position, gets the ball squarely on frame, power behind it. Uh, process-oriented podcast as well. Bupenza is crashing the net, mm-hmm. which means that if there had been a rebound, he was in position to pick that up and possibly score from that position. Something he was not doing against Columbus. Mike. Was not. No. Um, yeah. Moreno is the one that finds Arias. OK. So it yeah. goes Moreno to Vasquez back to Moreno. Meanwhile, Arias is running up the sideline. Moreno gets it into space and Arias is great. By ball, great ball from Arias. He yeah. plays the early ball, which I like. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. like that's a that's a that is a moment right there where in the past we have seen this team get too deep and miss the opportunity for that ball that is to the man in space, which was Vasquez. If Arias keeps going, he can make a difficult pass to try and get Bapenza a lot closer to net, but you're going to run the risk of the keeper coming out and intercepting that, and you're going to have a difficult time doing that. So by playing the early ball right there, the early square ball, it sets up the goal. And that's that's veteran presence by Santiago Arias. That's why you bring him in. That's why you took a risk on him with his injury history, because there are far too many players in this league and on this team that would have tried to get that ball deeper down to the end line and then cut it back. And by that point, you have missed the best opportunity to score the goal, which yeah. was Vasquez lurking at the top of the 18 right there. So just a, an incredibly intelligent soccer play by Santiago Arias moving at full speed. I just, it's yeah, you're feeling good right there. And the most dangerous lead in sports, (laughs) man. And I, and I, I, and this was the point where first off I I say it, I said at this point, I look to my uh, seatmate who again, will go nameless because I'm about to throw him heinously under the bus right here in a second. Um, I said, I said to my seatmate, I said, I just have this strange feeling next goal wins. Oh. Just strange, odd feeling that we needed to get to 3 0 or there needed to be no more scoring. But that if if Miami brought it back to 2 1, we were going to have problems. And then within a couple minutes, he turns to me and asks, or he or she, I'm not going to, you know, turns to me and asks, <laughs> they, they. they they turn to me and ask, uh, so where's the final held? No. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. That's brutal. I know. And I looked, I looked at them and said, for the love of Christ, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but it, it was too late. It had been said. It it, that is something that cannot be unsaid. You oh. cannot unsay that in that moment. Oh. Yeah, no, look, I understand the excitement because up to that point, everything was going our way. Everything was going our way. It felt so good. Um, Five minutes later, Miami makes a bunch of changes, uh, bringing on a, a number of guys, actually subbing out a fair number of their defenders for attacking pieces. But I want to call your attention to this. Uh, Aaron Bupenza is subbed out for Yuya Kubo in the 62nd minute. Um, I think in hindsight, 
This is generally a perfectly fine substitution. I think even in the moment, I was calling for this substitution. When I saw Kubo warming up, I was terrified that anybody else but Bupenza was going to be coming off, and that's exactly who he went in on, went for, which is great. I ask you this. Can Bupenza not go 90 minutes? Like, I understand that, like, tactically this was a smart decision. But we we have yet to see him go 90 minutes. He's, like, it was hot. He played in Qatar and Saudi Arabia and Turkey. Not exactly cold climates before coming here to the U.S. What? Is he not fit? Like, what is happening here that Bupenza, the star striker, who should be better than Brandon Vasquez, can't go 90 minutes? And why am I happy to see Yu Yu Kubo come in for him? I don't know. I just, I don't know. You might have been the only person happy to see Yu Yu Kubo coming into this game. No, because I figured Kubo would drop back further and make the midfield more of a mess. I was fine with that move. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I was, was all I all I could think was is that you're fucking up what's working. You yeah. are you you are changing the shape of what is working. Yeah, and Bupenza like um, a lot of the substitutions. Noonan said after the game that a lot of the subs they made that they didn't want to make because guys were cramping and guys were hurt. Um, some of them were tactical decisions to see out the game. So there's a mix of that, and he didn't call out which were which, which is fair. Um, but man, I. Bupenza was better this game. He had his moments where he looked bad, but I, well, I think he also, it's very concerning he can't go 90. We didn't talk about his best moment in the game, and that was he was offside, which is, you know, kind of like drink. You know, if if, if Yerson Mascara has the – or oh, if Waboto has the, the moment every game where we think he's dead on a foul, now Bupenza has the moment every game where he has a bad offside. Um, yeah. This one wasn't as bad because at least this one, he's not being caught – on a 50-50 ball, he gets played over the top, does an incredible juggle to oh. bring the ball under control, and then slots it in the back of the net. It's so good. It's kind of like uh, this point has been made about the NFL, that if you make a circus catch but don't get both your feet in bounds, there should be a way that that just counts because it looks badass. Right. This is one where it's like he might have been offside, but this looks so cool, they should have just awarded him the goal on this one. Yeah. So he shows that. And I think he made some decent runs. He helps clear space for Vasquez on that goal by crashing to the net and pulling the defense with him that separates out and creates the separation for Vasquez on that second goal. So I don't want to take that away from him, that there are things happening at the very least that seem to indicate that uh, he's providing value on the field. But I'm with you. I don't understand why this man's a DP. He is supposed to be one of your best players on the field at all times. I don't care if you're trying to see a game out. Your DP should be on the field if they're match fit and they're healthy. There's no there is no good reason to pull a DP down other than this game is very well in hand and we're going to try and get someone a couple minutes of rest here and there. But I don't I don't get why he hasn't been able to go 90 yet. It just seems very odd to me. Yeah, if it know. makes if it makes you feel better, Yu Yukubo could be a DP if we wanted to designate him as such. Yeah, well, so. you know, <laughs> names. Uh, and then, all right, so that so yeah. uh, so all of these Noonan makes all of these subs. Yeah, and well, he just makes me, one. 
well, we're going to talk about them like now at, that at this time. Yeah, at that time. But like <coughs> over the course of the next, I don't know, 20 minutes of game time, he pulls off Vasquez. Wait, wait, pull- wait. We got to talk about Miami's goal real quick. Okay. Miami scores a goal. <laughs> Leo Messi, free kick, uh, serves it into the box. Capana, uh, Hits it home. That's the header, right? Am I remembering yeah. that correctly? Yeah, it yeah. was a. I have a dumb foul by Arias. Yes, incredibly yeah. dumb foul, unnecessary. Yeah. Which otherwise great game, but like the guy, the guy was going away from goal. He wasn't really in a threatening position. Yeah, some it happens, but you can't let but it happen. This was, like, yeah, but this, this was team. definitely not one that it was like okay, that made sense tactically, or this was like unavoidable. It was just, I don't know, either stupid or clumsy. It gets over aggressive, yeah. Yeah, and um, it, the, the guy is back to goal. It's a full shove. Like, his arms are extended. It's very easy for the officials to call. And the problem is, is that if you want to beat this Miami team, you almost have to play a perfect game to beat them. And the one thing that you absolutely positively cannot do is you cannot give them any set-piece opportunities. Their conversion rate on set-piece opportunities in the final attacking third, just I have to imagine that since Messi has arrived based on watching this, that their conversion rate is is absurd. Yeah. Yeah. So then it was an inch perfect cross by Messi. It was just over Haglund's head. Yeah. And nobody else was in a really was really in a position to contest it. And it was Campana basically on his own. I mean, it looked like Alvaro might have lost him running, but Alvaro is not going to get up there. No, no. Like, even if Alvaro had been right in front of him, I don't think Alvaro gets up that high for the ball. No. Like, you would need, you would have needed somebody like, well, Haglin, but Haglin was in front of him. It was, it would have to be like Haglin, Murphy, or Miazga who was in that position. Or Yersi Mascara. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they were all doing something else. The problem with, uh, the other team having an inch perfect pass is that uh, is a perfect pass. <laughs> There's just yeah. nothing you can do about it, and and that was it. Um, they go two to one. We're in the 68th minute, and you think you know what? 20 minutes, we could we could maybe see this out. Look, we're FC Cincinnati. We we are the masters of the one goal win. That's our thing. This is our calling card. This is how this team operates. And Pat Noonan, to set you up here, Chief, substitutes accordingly. So that is the plan here. The substitutes are Sergio... Wait, one more, one more thing. Oh, yeah, please. Oh, wait. Was, was, when did Santos come in? Sergio we'll Santos for Brandon Vasquez is 78 minutes, and then the others are both all in the 88th to 89th minute. Okay, so Santos came in before yeah. the Kubo handball go- goal got called off. Yes. yes I believe so. Yeah. So yeah. Santos for Vasquez, fine in the moment, knowing this goes to penalties, a little less fine. But so so it, if it's if it's an injury to Vasquez or he was a couple of players looked gassed. Yeah. Bra- Van- Brandon I thought looked, Brandon looked gassed. He yeah. looked gassed. And I have a lot of questions about match fitness if you're getting gassed that early in the game. I don't care how hot it is. Like, it's a summer league. They've played in hot weather before. And I get that they were expending a ton of effort trying to be disruptive, and the press expends a ton of effort. And they were clearly 
the more active of the two teams in terms of they chased the ball a lot because they didn't have the ball as much. Yeah. But man, this is one you got to gut. You got to gut through this and you've got to be ready to play a game like this. And I, you know, I don't want to, if he was hurt or if he, there was something else going on, if it was just a, he ran out of gas, I, I don't love that for a player that's otherwise had a very good game prior to this. And I, I get the idea in Noonan's mind that the way that the roster depth is for FC Cincinnati right now and the sheer amount of talent on the other side, you're up 2-1. Your best shot to win this game is in regulation. Mm-hmm. If this game goes to extra time, you don't like your chances. If this game goes to penalties, you don't like your chances. So you get the sense there was a sellout to win this game in regulation. The problem with that is that when you bring in these substitutes, A, they're not nearly as good as the people they're replacing. Flat out, you are degrading the talent on this team and you are hoping against hope that fresh legs covers for the talent gap. Mm -hmm. And also, by definition, you are changing what you are doing tactically because these players have different skill sets than the ones they are replacing. And the tactics they had were working. They were working. And when they brought in the full defensive sellout, you're bringing in guys like Ray Gaddis, Sergio Santos, Alvis Powell. It's just not going to be as effective. And the margin for error just becomes so narrow when these talents are on the field. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough given where the game ends up, right? It's sad seeing Lucho get subbed off. Um, that would have worried me when it happened. Yeah. Because yeah. I was not confident. 89th that. minute. It's like, he didn't have 10 more minutes. And he was limping. I, You know, that was very fair, right? But man, yeah. ugh, just just killer. Just that's where me as a fan, just like get, get 10 more minutes, man. Just come on. Um, and they had their chances over this, this in this stretch. They had yeah. multiple good looks to make this a, a three to one game and seal this away. I think um, Kubo had a really, really good chance right after coming in. I think mm-hmm. Arias had a shot at point blank range that it took a tremendous save. Yes, yes. To stop. Calendar um, had six saves, and I feel like four of them were like tremendous. Yeah. Game saving <laughs> saves. Like they were legit yeah. game saving saves. They had their chances. And what was the other thing we said talking about this game that FC Cincinnati couldn't do? You can't miss chances you can't miss them and some of them were great plays on the other side but like when you have the ball and you have the ability in a dangerous position to score the ball you've just got it you can't leave points you can't leave points on the field with miami you just can't do it yeah oh it's just brutal um do we want to talk about the kubo handball goal yeah just to i guess clarify because a lot of folks around me seemed confused yeah um i have not seen a replay is this egregious it hit his hand oh okay it hit his hand and he scored oh you can't do so that's end of story (laughs) yeah you can't Um, can't do that it's not it's not a situation where so if this had been like in the middle of the field or in the defensive third Mm -hmm. i think his hand was in a natural position 
down by his side. It was against his body. Um, the ball kind of hits both his body and his hand, mm. if not simultaneously at like very quick succession. The problem is, and I think, you know, maybe most people know this, but the problem is that the rule is way less forgiving if the hand to ball contact immediately leads to a goal. Yeah, or especially what leads to a goal. Yeah, or is, yeah, so goal, like yeah. is used if, in any if, way to control the ball or anything like that. Yeah, so yeah. if if the ball if the ball touches your hand, and then you immediately score off that, either whether it's by like direct contact from the hand, or like the ball hits your hand, comes down, and then you shoot it into the goal, that's no goal. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was aggrieved in the stands. I'll tell you that much, because <laughs> I couldn't see anything, and they didn't give us a good. I mean, replay. I was I was upset because I wanted the goal. <laughs> yeah, it would have been was, nice to I, win. It was it was unfortunate. It wasn't, you know, un. It was unfair cosmically, but not unfair by the laws of the game. Yeah, I'll go fair with that. enough. And then there is eight minutes of extra time, it's which again, I I gotta say is is fair. There was a hydration yeah. break. There were multiple goals scored in the second half. There were multiple subs made. I was guessing seven to eight minutes before they put the board up. Anyone that is saying this is more, they're rigging things. If they're going to rig things. They'd have thrown a 10 spot up or a nine spot I up. Mean, like, there was, was six at the first half. The six, you know, hydration break, goal. Yeah. You know, a couple of other stoppages. Fine. And then you take in the second half. Well, there's two goals instead of one. A couple of subs plus hydration break. Yeah, that's another two minutes. Yeah. No. But in the seventh minute of those eight minutes, who else? Lionel Messi assists Campana to tie the game up. So, and so to before give joy the, to the worst people around us in the stands. Sorry, I'm still stuck so on this. <laughs> I, I, I'm so mad at those people. I'm so mad they cheered. <laughs> I thought that this team played tactically incredibly sound for the majority of this game, but the there was an utter and this is almost certainly because of who you took off the field. You took your captain off the field. You took your your best midfielder off the field. You took your best strike your best striker off the field. You took a lot of leadership off the field, but there was a stunning lack of composure in seeing this game out. Mm -hmm. by the players that were on the field. There's one play that is going to just stick out in my mind and haunt me for the rest of my days. And that is a streaking Sergio Santos with seconds left to play in this game. Maybe two minutes, three minutes left to play in this game. Decides inexplicably, instead of going to the corner to kill time, to play a through ball to an also streaking Obino Wobodo, who is not a striker is not a goal scorer absent just absolute chaos and it's intercepted and the attack goes the other way and Miami's there's back also like, there's also like four defenders in the box I feel like at that time yeah, yeah. he like, was covered like he was he was well covered it's not like it was a clear pass that was right no. there he wasn't one on one he wasn't it wasn't an in he didn't pass him in that instead of going in time wasting will haunt me they yeah. have a corner kick in stoppage time and instead of playing it short and just dicking around with the ball in the corner and hoping to earn another corner 
or yeah. falling down and trying to draw a foul. They actually play the corner kick and try to score. And we didn't even have numbers in the box. We put like one guy in the box for that. And they right. still tried that. Oh, my God. The, the the lack of nobody was looking to draw fouls. No one was looking to slow the game down. Kick it was still being yeah, anything, anything. It was still being like fucking can didn't even pick up a yellow. Yeah. Like you got a time waste your way there, buddy. Yeah. And just no composure seeing this game out. No ability to do this, the dark arts or whatever you want to call it. And. In a game where the, the final goal, the tying goal comes with, what, 90 seconds to play, 60 seconds to play, those seconds they didn't burn cost them the game. They absolutely cost them the game. Ugh. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I know everybody was doing this, but it's right up there with the uh, Jeremy Hill fumble game for the Bengals for me. Or it, was, it was right there. All you had to do was hold on to the ball and waste a few more seconds. And they didn't. And then Messi has so much space. Yeah. In that moment as well. Because it's chaos. And it's new people on the field. Yeah. He's he. So he th there's a free kick to Miami. Uh, Miami. Messi doesn't take the free kick, but he receives a quick short free kick. Mm -hmm. He he checks his he his glance down to um, the back post. He passes it to another guy in his team. Ball immediately comes back, and he checks down to that back post three times. Like you see, his head swivel to that exact. He felt like he's looking at that exact spot, <laughs> three staring times the receiver down before um, before he makes the pass, and it goes again inch perfect. I mean, yeah. it's a little easier, I suppose, because it doesn't have to clear Nick Haglin. It has to clear Alvis Powell. Um, but it does so just you could barely. argue, yeah. But yeah, you could argue he has to. He should have guarded Campana more tightly or been in a better position. But once again, like it just barely clears over his head. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. And the worst people in the stadium erupt. <laughs> and FCC loses two to two. Oh wait, no, there was a whole extra added time, which. I'll just say uh, it was very quickly. Joseph Martinez scores. It was super frustrating. Halsey comes on for Barriel, which should be said here. Fantastic performance. And if I may be so bold, if Halsey continues this trajectory, and I fully understand that the, the growth is not exponential, uh, you can see a potential Barriel replacement in that, that young man. Absolutely Played bring well. in some veteran depth, but you en can see a path. Energy plays well. Um, I'm gonna be honest, as soon as they tied this game, I in this that moment I was like, there's absolutely no way we're winning this game. <laughs> like absolutely none. Like right. I was I would have bet my house, my car, every dollar in my bank account on Miami if there were live odds available at that point. <laughs> and it and it's and it's wild what they're left what they're left doing. I mean Oh, the lineup Miami, on the field, like the lineup they were chasing. Scores, <laughs> after the Miami scores, Wobodo is like basically playing the 10. Yeah. And Arias is playing the Alvaro Barrial <laughs> rule. <laughs> like, like it's it's crazy, like how much play is have is going through uh, Wobodo and Arias. Yeah. You know, for basically the rest of the uh, extra time. And it kind of kind of works kind of, a little bit. I mean, Arias is very good. Yeah. yeah Arias, <laughs> uh, 
It looked, it was good. I mean, but you look on the field and you're like, oh my God, really? This is what we're going to try and chase this game with? Like, I love Angulo, but like it's Angulo, it's Wobodo, it's Santos, it's um, Yuya Kubo. It's just Halsey. It's like, and and Powell, who had some amazing runs and really gave Miami trouble. Yeah. Yeah, no, but because like they score and it's like, okay, well, kitchen sink time. We're going to try just about anything. And they create some chances. I think they hit the crossbar on a header. It was Arias. Arias, where I'm just like, we're, this is, this is the script. Killed me. This script uh, is written. There was the Jordi Alba handball shout. Once again, yeah. we're going to disappoint people. His arm um, was fine. It not, was a, not a handball for was, me. No, not me it was, either. It was it was his front. It was his front arm that it that it hit. I don't he even down, know this podcast anymore. It was down. It was down by his side. <laughs> I do think that if it had hit his back arm, that would have been a handball. His back arm would have been like a mirror image of the Alvis Powell handball against Kansas City. Mm. Unfortunately, it hit his front arm, which was like high. Was like tight in on his body. Ray Gaddis running towards goal with the ball. Oh, no, yeah. not back <laughs> passing. No, Ray Gaddis was gonna. Ray had a chance to get his like first his first goal. Right. The, the oh my bishop, god! If the Ray Gaddis running straight Ray, at goal. If his first MLS goal was to put us into U.S. Open Cup final, I think we could officially claim him from Philly as he's our club legend now. If people think, aren't aware, Gaddis is a fan favorite in Philly and has yet to score a major league soccer goal. And many fans in Philadelphia and now in Cincinnati are eagerly awaiting that moment. Um, I think there was another like kind of incredible save from calendar in there. Yeah. yeah. As well. It's a um, safe assumption at any point during this game, but yes, um, I remember. So yeah, I mean, I remember multiple times thinking that we had a goal and then calendar just happens to get an arm just up, yeah. up there. And, yeah. But then holy <sighs> shit. The much maligned, the man this week, I wondered openly why his <laughs> contract so wasn't canceled. And I still wonder why we're paying $1.2 million for Yu Kubo to ride the bench instead it's the of point two that you know, gets you. <laughs> signing another center back that might have been on the field tonight that could have jumped a little higher than Nick Hagland or Alvis Powell. Yeah. Um, hell of a goal. And yeah. out of nowhere, snapshot just... Incredibly confident. One of those ones where you wonder where the hell is this Yuya Kubo been for? Yeah. And credit to uh, Halsey, Halsey as well. Halsey with a great for play, playing that ball into the box. Yeah, it doesn't chaos. directly find Kubo, but you know he he got forward. He got the ball in there, and we knew where Halsey wanted this ball to go. He knew it was yeah. going to Yuya. This was all yeah much like much like much like Lucho Acosta's goal was his. This is a Halsey assist. I'm giving yeah, him absolutely. I am yeah. giving him a post assist for. <laughs> For this, uh, for this goal. This and is the post Cincy assist of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Empanadas Box. Um, I don't know, guys. There's something about that Bupenza face assist that still tickles me. <laughs> oh, so, no, it was great. Oh, I did appreciate in the Discord uh, our, our dear friend Das Harks, Max, um, arguing in defense of Kubo, saying that it's not too late. Kubo could prove to be such a valuable player down the stretch of the season that his contract is worthwhile. I had to immediately go back and bump that post when that when that goal <laughs> happened. I was like, hell yeah, he can. <laughs> so we score. 
and it's onward to penalties. Uh, Wait, yeah. doesn't, doesn't Messi have one chance at a oh, free yes. kick? He does. He does. Before, and, and he doesn't do anything with it, which was... He he tries to... He does not shoot. He tries... tall guys on the wall. Yeah, he tried... We put Kenny tall Arena, guys on the outside neutral, of the wall. Neutralizes the direct free kick. And um, Ken just scoops it up very gently. And I screamed at every single Messi fan who had their, their camera out. You can take that souvenir of Ken's save back home with you. That was great. <laughs> back was home like, to Delhi. Yeah. <laughs> you got a great video of Alec Ken. All right. We don't, need to, we don't need to go penalty by penalty necessarily. No. We don't. I, it All just right. Here's, here's the question I'm going to ask about penalties. Please. There's two things to talk about. Number one is how many penalties do you think Miami would have had to kick before Khan saves one? 34. He almost got a couple. 34. He didn't almost get shit. He, he didn't get a hand on any of these. The problem I have with Khan is that he's bouncing around, and when you do the bouncing around thing, you don't give yourself the ability to react and dive at full speed because you let the attacker choose the moment when you're in the air. He didn't bounce bouncing. around like that against KC, did he? No, not that I recall. Uh, no, but he wasn't particularly great against them either. Didn't he, didn't he save two against KC? No, I think they missed. He he saved at least one. Okay. That would be surprising given how Nashville and this went. But yeah. I'd have to go back and watch that. But yeah, it was just it it was just so frustrating that like, man, just sit still and and dive and I don't know. Maybe Yeah, I'm glad Halsey was in there, but like could Celentano have not been reading the book? on all these guys for that last half hour and i mean halsey had to go in barrial was cooked yeah i think barrial had been begging for a sub for a while he had gone down like three times in a minute cramping there was a chance he was just going to leave the game they had put him into the midfield and he was just kind of wandering around like a yeah like a like a like a zombie like he's like i can't run i'm just kind of like I thought I saw him up at striker for a little bit. Yeah, there, he was even, a striker yeah. for a second. Yeah, Why not? just doing doing anything to preserve the final sub. Yeah, yeah. so right, well so sacrificed. Do, yeah. Do we uh? Do we talk about it? It goes to Hagland, and I would be very curious. And it might not be years until we figure out exactly why these takers, why this order. It goes to Hagland. Maybe Hagland called his own number. Um, as I've I mean, said Kub- before, Kubo at, Kubo at one, obvious for me with yeah. the personnel on the field. Yeah, but whatever. Kubo, Kubo or Santos, you probably want your strikers going there. Arias, sure, is going to place it. Miazga if, kicks for the national team, so I fine, mean, fine. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people asking why Miazga. I know Miazga kicked missed against Nashville. Everybody's missed a penalty. Everybody's yeah. missed a penalty. Yeah, Miazga is one of the was one of the five kickers for the national team in the Gold Cup. Yeah. Miazga takes penalties. Sorry, not sorry. Boom. I I would have I would have wanted Angulo there. Really? I see. I w- I was thinking Angulo as well, but we don't see them. Yeah. We don't. We he might see suck them kick penalties it. in practice. He might, yeah. but like I don't know. I just would. Yeah. I don't like Nick Haglund taking that kick. I don't know why. I just don't, I don't, Haglund, if he does score, I think the only goals I've ever seen him score is with his head. I don't think I've ever seen him score a goal 
or even come close to scoring a goal with that his feet. That would be a hell of a penalty. He takes a running start and, and just dives head. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a shit. It was a shitty penalty. It was just was terrible. A, yeah, it was not a great penalty. Not even a good penalty. Um, I don't. I don't want to dump on Nick Hagland. No. It's not his fault. It's uh, not his this, fault. It's not his fault. Unless he called his own. Um, I'm just kidding. Even then, so, no, even then it's not his own fault. Kidding. It's not his fault. I'm just so, kidding. He, what I was expecting is what you see like goalies and center backs do a lot is they take it kind of like a goal kick. Blast as hard as they you just, can. Just blast it, which sometimes does end up with the ball like soaring over the goal. But at least that's like, you know, you put some power behind it, make yeah. it tricky. You hit it hard. Right? Yep. Um, this one wasn't hard. It wasn't tricky in a corner. <laughs> it wasn't tricky. It wasn't in a corner. Wasn't a lot it of was, things. It wasn't in the net either. So it was like right. It was okay. soft and right next to right next to the goalie. But just imagine this version of events where a Nick Haglin soft, weak ass penalty with calendar diving the wrong way is the winning goal. And that's how we win. It would have required Khan to stop something, and that just wasn't going to happen last night. I just sort of assumed one of their young cocky guys would sky one, because that's what I expect a young cocky guy to do. This is, I, I feel like if you're thinking about the, the narrative of Nick Haglin taking it, yeah, it's kind of the same logic they came to at the end of Game of Thrones, <laughs> where they're like, oh yeah, he has the, the best, best story. The best story <laughs> is letting the crippled kid take it. <laughs> it was it was objectively not the best story. No, the best story was Jon Snow. It was probably the seventh best story of any of the like even a uh, little, little uh, uh, Brand of Tarth would have been a better story. Would have been great. Jamie, the redemption arc, fine. But Jamie, uh, was, the Jamie assassin was, just killing everyone that Jamie, would have been Jamie awesome. Was, Jamie was dead. Was he dead at that point? Yeah. Did yeah. You call him Jamie you Tart or Jamie? Jamie was dead. I think you called Jamie, him Jamie Tart. No, no, I think it's Brienne of Tarth. Oh, Brienne of Tarth. Brienne I thought you said Jamie Tart. The uh, <laughs> little, little Lannister. He he would have been an interesting king. It's kind of where I thought it was headed, which would have been annoying. Yeah, no, a hundred better, hundred better stories. Um. <sighs> anyway, I don't want to see sl I don't want to see slander about Nick Hagelin down no. there. If your if your first if your first instinct was to talk shit about Nick Hagelin, he had a hell of a game. If like you're talking he, shit about Nick Hagelin, you're not an FC Cincinnati fan. I'm sorry. I agree, I agree with I agree with that take because you know everyone knows Nick. Nick is Nick as a player, right? Um, I know we, I know that that all players give effort, but Nick like really like Nick really like plays on the edge. Yeah, you yeah. know. And I, I he's always been there. And I'm sorry, it's not Nick Haglund's fault that you want a better player there and that they haven't found a player that can keep Nick Haglund off the field. He beats all of them. That's They've not tried. Nick Haglund's fault. Yeah. Him not being as good as the guy you want at that position is not a reason to hate him as a player or get mad at him as a player, as a person or whatever. And up it's until not a this... player's fault that he's not better than he is. Yes. If he shouldn't be there, it's management's fault not to replace him or yes. it's management's fault that they didn't find somebody who can replace him. And to Nick's credit, they've been trying to get him off the field since 2019 and he's still fucking there. Yes. And up until he put his foot on this penalty, he had damn near a perfect game for FCC. Like you don't have to laud him. Yeah. 
in the loss. You don't have to say, you know, you don't have to praise him. But I don't you think also I'm overpraising no, Erlani. No, no, you don't have. But my point is, is that it's not his fault. Right. It is objectively not his fault. He that's he was being asked to do something he doesn't do well after spending a game doing what he does very well. It's not his fault. And to blame him for this is just isn't is stupid. It's and as stupid. bad as as bad as as you felt about it or us felt about it. Nick yeah. felt worse. Oh, I can't even imagine how I don't know. Was like. Nick was standing this. there. Yeah. yeah. At midfield for 20 for, minutes. Yeah. It felt like 20 minutes. I, yeah. I don't like, know. He was standing there like everybody else is like. Walking back to the bench, getting yeah. their towels, taking their gone. shirt off, shaking hands and stuff. He didn't and move. All that everybody is st- everybody's gone, mm. and Nick is still standing there, looking at the goal. It took somebody in street clothes who I didn't recognize. So I was very far away. Finally, put their arm around him and got him to walk away. Man, yeah, I think it may uh, have been. I think it may have been Celentano. Okay, no, no not Celentano. Um, uh, uh, Kimi. Yeah. Okay. It, Akimi was in street clothes and came to talk to them. I think a couple guys did. Yeah. Oh, man. Devastating. And there you have it. Miami gets to host. I don't know if anything weird happened in the RSL Houston game, but I didn't have it in me to watch. I think RSL had the lead and Houston came back. That was clearly rigged. I think we can. And all it agree. went to that game went to extra time as well. Wow. I just went home and just sat on my couch and just stared at like a TV that was off. I didn't I didn't have it in me. I walked around OTR just like walk because I was like, I was like, I'm just going to go into a bar and like have a drink. But like none of the bars were like sufficiently like empty where I felt (laughs) like I could just like have my like kind of sad, like bar sitting solitary moment. So I, I got over, I ended up getting over like 15,000 steps for the day because I was just walking because I just like, did, I wasn't like ready to like go home yeah and just like call it. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I just uh. I sat on my couch with a whiskey and I just sat there It just, it was, I don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah. I love that our recap of this game went exactly how this game felt. We were so we were so full of praise of this team early on in this podcast. And then, yeah, you get to this moment. And I mean, there is something cruel about having been up two to nothing in the 65th minute of the Open Cup semifinal at home twice in five years and not coming away as the victors. That is, you won't find that in another team, man. Like that's to come that close both times and to fall apart. It made more sense when we were a minor league team going up against a major league soccer team. Uh, maybe that's what this was. <laughs> but yeah, man. yeah, you know, uh, it's like I walked into this game thinking they weren't going to win. Yeah, but then they were winning. And yeah. they spit the bit. Mm. And I get that. The, I get like, you know, OK, so I'm mad at the happy horse shit about they played real hard. They tried their hearts out. They, they lost the game. Are you? They, they lost. <laughs> but also, by the same token, it's like. Fuck, like they, it was there. It mm-hmm. was there for them to win. And it was 
a lack of composure down the stretch that allowed the brightest star Miami has a moment of brilliance that he should never have had an opportunity for. He should have run out of time from his magic. And yeah. they they let him off the hook. And and yeah, now we want to just get right into this. No, hold on. I found a headline. Oh, thank God. About about the feeling. It's from uh Broadway World. Of course. Um the it's, I love it. uh hate this, which I think is meant to sound kind of like waitress. Oh, okay. They're imperfect, but they try. They were good, but got tired. We make it hard on ourselves. Lucho's cornered and won't ask for help. We played messy and he thrived. We'd been winning most of the time. It leaves all of us mixed up and facing a beautiful lie. The cup's gone, but it used to be mine. Wow. I just sums my feelings up right here. That nailed it. Fuck. Should we, should we go over to part two? Yeah, let's, let's do, do that. With these words in mind. Part two. Let's talk about the season ahead and what's left of it and what it means and what success means. Part two, we're back. And guess what? We are now the Supporters Shield leading team with, what, 10 games left in the regular season. There is no time to be sad. Gentlemen, we are the favorites. We are the bad, bad villain to the rest of the league. We have the inside track to a trophy. Can, can, can I pause for a second here? <laughs> I am trying to keep the spirits up. This season can be the most successful we've ever had still. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do if you're Pat Noonan right now? You have your let's let's recap the last three games for FC Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, no, do we have to <laughs> lost to Nashville that drops you out of the league's cup? Eliminated on penalties. I hate this. I hate this distinction. We don't need to have this debate, but I do. I, I agree with Chief on this. All right, dare you? You don't. You don't advance. You lose. Yeah. Lost to Nashville on penalties that ends your League's Cup run. Lost to your rival in Columbus. Do you think Vodka it, said, well, technically we tied Sweden when they like <laughs> fired him? I, no, his assistant coaches were doing that on Twitter, right? That's what Stom had his guys do. <laughs> anyway, go, go ahead, Chief. Sorry. Dog walked in Columbus by your rival in a rivalry game. That was rough. Loss. At home to Miami on penalties that ends your open cup run. In a valiant effort. <laughs> Look, I done been saying we can't we can't despair on the rest of the season if we lose to Columbus and Miami. Yeah. Yeah, but Simply it wasn't cannot. It, they have now there were four trophies that were available to this team three or four. What is it? Three weeks ago. Yeah. There were four trophies available. They have, in the span of three, four weeks, lost 50% of their opportunities to claim silverware this year. And it's like, I don't know. Like, to me, what do you say to this team if you're the head coach where it's like, you keep losing big games. You keep losing big moments. You don't, you don't say that. I, I wouldn't say that. No, no. I'm <laughs> saying, what do you say? Not like, hey, assholes, could you win a game for a fucking change? But like, 
at a certain point, it's like this team has to, if they are what we think they are, if they are a very good team leading the, leading the chase for the supporters shield, we, we see that in the standings, but if they are going to win the shield, they're going to have to start meeting the moment. And over the last three and a half weeks, they have come up short and the moment has been too big in each one of these times. I mean, look, penalties are more or less a coin flip. Then don't let it get to penalties. That's the problem is that like if you're so much better than these teams, if you are the best team in the league, you shouldn't be drawing teams at home under any circumstances. You should be winning those games. But like. It's not, it's not fair. Well, Nobody's won all of their home games, I think, in an MLS season. I think Philly did it last year. I could be wrong. Maybe those are undefeated at home. Didn't we tie them there last year? Yeah, so that was a lie. Maybe yeah, they so just we went they undefeated at home. We know they didn't go undefeated. <laughs> we, we know they didn't win every home game yeah. last year. But like Nashville, we smashed Nashville in what was a big game in the last at regular home. season game at home before League's Cup. Least we forget, the Chivas game was a big game that we won 3-1 to one and you know, slight little lightning delay hiccup. That was a victory. And Columbus if we're counting home earlier this year is a big game. If we're counting penalty kick victories, the league's cup victory over sporting Kansas city, you know, coming back from adversity there, having been down what two nothing in that game. Yeah. Didn't we beat New York Red Bulls and penalties in the open cup? Sure did. We tied New York Red Bulls. Never mind. <laughs> beat, beat New York Red Bulls. Yeah, stick, in the with playoffs. Your sto- stick with your story. <laughs> beat New York Red Bulls in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Uh, at, at Red Bull Arena. Lost think, to Philly. Yeah, but have one. Be- so I saw, I saw, I saw the, the, this debate is always like really unfair to the people you're talking about because like I watched a, I saw a tweet about Jim Curtin losing mm-hmm. big games. And they were like big games since whatever year. And they included like only his like losses. And they would include like finals losses. Sure. But they would include semifinals losses. But they weren't including semifinals wins. Like (laughs) the semifinals wins that initially led up to those to those finals. Those were for some reason. Not big games that Jim Curtin won. But the semifinals that he lost. Never allow the evidence to disrupt your narrative. That's rule number (laughs) one. Thank you. Thank you. So anyway, anyway, this team, this team has won a lot of big games. Yeah. Like the Seattle game was a big game. And I think what you do is you just do your regular game preparation, you know, get people, get people rested, talk about the game plan. And if you talk about it, you just say, you know, we've, we know how to win games. We've done it a lot this year. And yeah. as long as we keep, as long as we keep playing our game, the way we know how we're going to win a lot more than we're going to lose the rest of the time. Yeah. And we're going to win a lot, a lot more than I we're going to lose. Up until last year, <laughs> which is annoying to have to say, but Manchester city, the super club of super clubs would not win every trophy available to them. In fact, they lost the community shield, right? Or something like that. I don't even uh, think, <laughs> Let's not talk about the community shield. No, but I'm just saying, like, even they 
can't win every trophy available to them every single year. And yeah, the Open Cup would have been dope. And I think a lot of us really like that because of what that means to the city and to this club generally. But like we all knew as soon as Miami became the Miami that they are today, that that was a very tall task. And now the trophies ahead of them are the ones that don't involve that League's Cup notwithstanding. And oh, by the way, they probably would have run into the same Miami buzzsaw. But the Supporters' Shield is very much within their grasp. If you want to just say that this team is a regular season team, fine. Supporters' Shield trophy, that's still enough for this to be a successful season for me. I still think, and we, we said this early on in this season, and I think we said it as we realized how big this season could be that this season is a success with silverware and it is a failure without silverware and i think that is still the measure and again i believe we are the odds on favorite to win the supporter shield and you'd rather be us than not us right now things are looking good from that perspective now if you want to look at you know miami sneaking into the playoffs and playing his first round in mls cup yeah, that'll suck, but let's deal with that circumstance when we get there. We've seen this Miami team get gassed. <laughs> like, they will run out of steam at some point. Miami's got more games left yeah. than anybody else, which is, on the one hand, good for them, for their... More points, sure. More, more points available to them, but also they are going to run into fixture congestion. Yeah. They're going to run into fixture congestion a lot. Uh, a little bit more than the rest of the teams will the rest of the year. So we'll and, see how they we'll see how they handle that. And not for nothing, their star players are on the older side of the age spectrum in MLS. Like they will get tired. They are not used to playing in you know a league that requires hydration breaks because it's a hundred and five degrees outside. So yeah, that will that will catch up to them at some point. Um, I'm looking ahead at our schedule here briefly and. We play Philadelphia, sure. Uh, that's it. Like Atlanta and New York City FC are going to be the next biggest challenges, but give me Charlotte, Toronto, Montreal, uh, New York Red Bulls, Orlando. Sure. These are all winnable games. Uh, you got, win. They've we got should play, they've we should beat play all these better. teams. Yeah, they, sure. they, they should. They should. They have to play better than they have been playing the last couple of of weeks. It has uh, not. Sure. Been- I think if they play, if they play as good as they played Miami, they'll beat yeah. these teams. If they play as good as they played Nashville, they'll beat all these teams. The Columbus game is the outlier, and I think it's fair to say, given just how good this team looked against Miami, uh, the Columbus game was a trap game, and that this team was indeed looking ahead to the Miami game on Wednesday. Like that, I think it's fair to say that in retrospect. I don't know if the coaching staff will agree with me or or <laughs> like that, um, but that certainly seems to be everybody took it up a notch, and I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they told him, hey, go out there, boys, and just run it 75%. No need to kill ourselves against Columbus. Let's save ourselves for Wednesday. Do you worry about a hangover or lasting impact from this match? Because sure. that happened to LAFC bit, yeah. earlier this year when they got dumped out in tragic fashion of CONCACAF Champions League, and they didn't look right for two to three weeks after that. Yeah. Yeah. I worry about that a little bit. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens um, yeah. with, uh, with NYCFC this weekend. But 
you look ahead. If I'm I'm just shooting from the hip here, and I won't even predict the New York City game because I don't know exactly who's hurt, how bad the the dehydration was, but Atlanta on the road, we should beat them. Orlando at home, we should win that. Philly, let's draw that game. Montreal on the road, we should beat them. Charlotte at home, we should beat them. Toronto on the road, we should beat them. New York Red Bulls at home, we should beat them. Miami on the road. Fine, let's lose to them. Atlanta at home, final game of the year. Let's beat them. That's a supporter shield team. That might be the points record. You should have been counting while you were. I should have. (laughs) (laughs) So not including New York City FC. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, uh, 20, 21, 22 points on top of whatever we're sending. That would, I believe, tie the... That would, I Boom. believe, tie the uh, the record. You draw my that would also... Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that that would mathematically, like... Because we didn't drop eight points in your... <laughs> right. Uh, in your scenario there. So that would mathematically make us uncatchable. <laughs> right, right. Um, and you look ahead at, like, uh, New England, who is uh, our next closest rival, at least in the East, uh, just sold their stud goalkeeper, and things aren't entirely clear as to what's happening with Bruce Arena. I don't expect them to mount a serious challenge. You worry Nashville. about a hangover for us. I worry about a hangover for Nashville as well, although they did look very good in League's Cup. But sure, they could make a run. Honestly, the biggest threat is St. Louis, and they have a lot of higher-seeded playoff teams left on their schedule. Last time I glanced at it. So, yeah, Columbus has to play, I think, Philadelphia twice, New England twice. Like they, There's a lot of these games left to play in the East. So yeah. Columbus, has to play, Columbus has to play New England twice? I think so. That would be great news. Let me go check Columbus's schedule here real quick. Do, 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 do. It's going to take me. Dur, 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 dur. Wow. I'm not going to get Boy, to this. The quickly. Google foo is terrible on this. I So <laughs> while you're looking at this, the way I look at the rest of this is that Please. I think this weekend is an enormous game. They have to win this weekend. They absolutely have to get Columbus right. has New England and Philly, but not twice. Not either. twice. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. They need to get back on the winning side of the ledger this weekend. And I'll say it again. I thought, I know that I might be in the minority in this. I thought Bapenza looked a little better this game than he has previously. Mm-hmm. That has to get better immediately. Yeah. Like immediately, right the fuck now. Um, and Can we just they, they convince? They, yeah, please. They cannot. In addition to that, they cannot have injury issues. Basically anywhere. <laughs> Maybe you can stomach an injury to or some more Angulo and Pinto time in the midfield. Maybe. But if they are relying on Alvis Powell and Ray Gaddis to perform, to give significant minutes on the back line in future matches. Yeah. We've seen what that looks like, and that is that is not good. It's it's not good at all. Yeah. I, I was just gonna say maybe we could convince Kubo that we're playing Miami every week. Like just kind of trick him into doing that and then <laughs> and come shot out of a cannon. Like My that. hope with Kubo, honestly, is that 
you know, as we wind this season down, I'm, my, look, this is all based on the idea that there isn't another secret option on his contract that nobody <laughs> knows about, which for all I know, fuck, there's probably four more of those things. Probably but bank on it. Yeah, we, we are getting to the point in the year where maybe he needs to ball out to, you know, justify some other league or some other team taking a flyer on him at something approaching his current wage bill. So hopefully this is a motivated Yuya Kubo that needs to show out for his next gig. And we see more of that. We we saw last night going forward. Yeah, I would. I would love to see it. That would be helpful. It'd be nice. We uh, we also talked about this during the uh, the Columbus uh, post game, but Celentano looked good. It'll be nice to see Celentano for this stretch. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen it. We've seen him once in like the last two months. So kind of wild when you think about it, that it's he's yeah. gone that long without game time. Right, right. Um, yeah, also just throwing it out there just to be that annoying guy. We need a win somewhere in August 26th or 30th, or we will have gone the entire month of August without a win. Just... Yeah, just don't like that. All right. Funny, funny quirk of the schedule. <laughs> well, let's, let's let's get to. Yeah, no Perfect. time like the present on that one. Uh, and more playing time, of more the play, present, <laughs> more t- playing time for Halsey too. I think he's yeah. earned. He's earned a bigger, a bigger look. I'll say. Yeah, I don't mind him and Arius trading time, so long as the results are coming in. Because if Halsey continues to progress and it looks as good as he is is appeared in, in these brief moments uh, next year with a, a Halsey Aria starting lineup. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate at this moment. I'll just well, it would solve we- a, it would solve a big issue that this team is going to run into. And that's trying to replace likely Brandon Vasquez, Yerson Mascara and uh, Arvaro Barial without a DP spot available. Assuming yeah. they don't do the rumored go to a fourth designated player, but that's four spots to replace that are all, on pretty low salary numbers other than Vasquez. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, and you'll have to replace Yuya Kubo. So you have to find somebody to just set fire to a million dollars. I mean, Sorry. if they're looking, if they're, if they're looking, <laughs> as long as they don't care if it's set on fire, if I can take the million, I'm, I'll help. I promise I'll burn it later, folks. Yeah. I'm going to take it to a safe, secured location, and I promise you it will be burned. Uh, so are we in agreement that supporter shield, if that is our only trophy, let's assume the worst here. This is still a successful season. For me, yes. I would say yes. I worry about Chiefs mental health after the playoff loss, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> Leave the right, door so, open. <laughs> so, no, so the, the big code on all this is that, like, I don't know that I'm going to have perspective on any of this until there's a star over the badge. Mm. Like that's, I think the supporter shield is kind of a fake trophy. Like, I don't know. You don't play a balanced schedule. Like they don't, you don't hang a banner. You're not considered MLS champions. It's kind of like a, it's a participation trophy for the season a little bit. Like, congratulations. You You were the best until the games really started to matter. You do play. I mean, I think that the schedule not being balanced is overrated. You play everybody in your division twice. Everybody else in your division plays everybody in your or conference. Everybody else in the conference plays all those same teams twice. And then, yeah, like you don't play every team in the West, but like they did 
play St. Louis, who's in first place in the West. Right, but like Seattle, St- who's going to finish near the top of the West. But Seattle, like, but St. Louis plays everybody in the West twice. Like it's not even like their path to the supporter yeah, shield is nowhere near <clears throat> what our path is. It's just different. Right. But is our is our schedule like do we miss out on something by not playing Austin? No. Yeah. No, it's I, funny too or that San Jose. the MLS Cup is fine, but we very obviously play radically different teams to win the cup. Right. So, so like unless you want to do a round robin as the postseason, which some countries do. So that could be like fun. it's a it's 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 a trophy where you don't get to claim you're the champion of anything. Oh, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're the champion of the league. The MLS Cup champion is the the champion of the MLS Cup playoffs. Yeah, that's a cup champion by Audi. We win the the league. They win the postseason cup tournament. The community shield of MLS, as it were. I don't even think the league awards the supporters shield. I think like the supporters award the supporters shield. They don't, but it's like it's like the NHL doesn't award the Stanley Cup, the Stanley whatever, Lord Stanley Manor. The Earl Stanley it. Gardner Foundation. Yeah. They, they bestow it upon <laughs> their favorite team that season, which happens to be the team that wins the NHL, which was bullshit the year that the NHL didn't play a season. They absolutely should have awarded it to the best team in Norway or Russia or something. They absolutely should have done that. Insult to the sport. Anyway, of the I sport agree. I don't really care about, but hey. No, it'll, be, it'll be a successful season if they win Supporters Shield. It's just that, like, I... I'm chasing the star on the badge. When when Columbus pulled out the two fucking stars <laughs> at midfield with their logo right there, it's just it's it's galling. Yeah, but it's galling. You talk about not playing a balanced schedule. Yeah, if only we had won a star when there were eight teams all owned by Phil Anschultz. Like yeah. that would have been great. Didn't the Hunt family own a few? Like I feel yeah, like it, it was literally they owned the crew. Yeah. <laughs> And, and Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, City and, yeah. Dallas. and Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Talk about single entity, like two two crime families <laughs> and the Crafts owned the entire league. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying, two crime families and the only person actually charged with the crime. I was going to say, two crime families and the one family that has done crime. (laughs) And the only person that can stop them, Dr. Cop, (laughs) attorney at law. It's set in the the, 1990s and she's only investigating MLS owners. (laughs) It turns out, Dr. It it turns out you were lied to. And the real reason the Tampa Bay mutiny went away is that Dr. Cop, attorney at law, investigated. <laughs> Not a mutant bat. Found the mutant itself. Um, we're over two hours. Should we talk about New York City FC? Yeah, yeah we're gonna win three to one. Oh well, there you go. Done. Fuck Columbus. Wait, uh, no, no, no. Let's, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's do it. No, hang on, hang on. Part three. Let's talk about it. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Boom. There you go. Patented preview from the post where we give you deep hard-hitting analysis like who are we playing and who do we where have to play them <laughs> where, who are we playing where is the game being held and what are our predictions tql stadium folks august 26 739 kickoff you got chris penso as your center referee wonderful and this game is on mls 
season pass. I don't know if you guys knew that, but this one's on MLS season pass. So we got Don Baji, we got Jimenez, we got Mascara, still Mascara potentially out. We got, I don't know, Lucho and Barriel sure as hell look banged up. I'm going to assume Bupenza and or Vasquez had a reason to come out when they did. Until it's reported this, elsewhere, I'm going to assume that most of this was cramps and heat related. I'm going to, I don't, I think it would have been announced if somebody was hurt by now. I, I would agree with you. The Barriel, report maybe. has not been made public yet, but okay. I, I generally agree with you. Yeah. Barrio is the one I'd keep an eye on. I could see, well, hey, we were asking for Halsey playing time. I wouldn't mind it. Um, yeah, if Barrio can't go. Give him or a if, chance. Or if you want to, or if you want to, you know, save Alvaro's legs a little bit and bring him on later. I'm not opposed to that given his situation at the end of the game Wednesday. Yeah. But they'll know, they'll know better than we do how he feels. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Font Mob right now. You know, I'm normally a big fan of Font Mob. Um, everywhere else on their website, they, they count the knockout draws. Uh, or the knockout on penalties as a draw. I'm looking at the team form guide here. They're they're counting these as losses. I don't know if you guys don't don't hate Fop Mob for proving me right. <laughs> don't hate Fop Mob for telling me that I got this I got this figured. Well, if they are going to call those losses, both of these teams are coming in very red in form. New York City FC has won one of their last five. That was a 5 nothing beatdown of Toronto. Otherwise, they lost their other four. FCC beat Chivas and Sporting Kansas City, sure, uh, having lost their last three. Um, no reason to think we can't win this one. Beat them twice this year already. Do it again. It's Wait, this is our third time playing them? We played them in the Open Cup, right? Open Cup. No, we played Red Bulls in the Open Cup. Yeah, I thought we played New York City FC at our place. I think we played both. In the Open Cup. Yeah. Yeah, and played... Played uh, uh, Red Bulls on the so road. We played both New York teams in the Open Cup. Yeah, that's wild. You know, Go you, us. You, you could win there. You could win anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they call it the Large Apple. Um, yeah, we played um, May tenth in the Open Cup. Yeah, May- I was there. We were there. We were all there. We were sitting next to one another, I believe. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. Was that the OP game? <laughs> I think so. I think so. probably. Maybe. Well, I mean, Opie had a couple of different appearances. So yeah, yeah. Um, they have to win this game. They absolutely. This is a must-win game. They oh. if they lose this game, the narrative will be there's a hangover that this team is that there's something wrong with the team uh, because then you're talking four straight losses and. There's going to start being some weird questions being asked as to whether or not um, this team is is tripping down the stretch. You're going to let other teams get closer to us. Uh, let some other teams believe they have a shot at winning the shield. I, I, I think Noonan. This is going to be. This is this is where Noonan's got to earn his money. Is is man management right now? Man management of a team that. Okay, I hate the the lads hustled but it was a team where the lads hustled and they didn't get the job done and there has to be an understanding that their last night felt i said this online last night felt like a season ending loss 
like it, it's weird that they're playing again on Saturday because there was like a real finality to the way that game was built to and the way that it ended. And the idea, it's like, okay, well, we turned the page and now we're back to the, it almost feels anticlimactic to go back into, well, there's a regular season game against NYCFC at home this weekend. They have to put the League's Cup and the Open Cup behind them because there's still a shitload to play for and it's still all in front of them. And they're pro athletes. Most of them have been down this road before. A lot of them have played in these types of cup competitions, even over in Europe. But Noonan's got to get them right and get them ready to go this weekend and get back to winning games. Yeah. I was concerned that the cup was was going to having a cup in the middle of the season was going to like be disruptive as to your form because it breaks the continuity of the season. So where like, you know, coming out of beating Nashville three to one at home and in the regular season and then being able to play a regular season game after that, you're like just going on on a high. Yeah. And now they're very much not. So they're going to have to find their form again. Yeah. But they're not a different team. They're, you know, arguably, you know, by all accounts, they should be a as good or better team than the one that uh, that was in that form that we saw in the first part of the year. And, uh, you know, you kind of hope that they hate losing more than the Chief does. <laughs> It is possible. It is possible. So predictions for this one. Are we predicting a hangover? Are we predicting a return of the king to the MLS table? Uh, While I let you think about your predictions, I'll just say uh, one to keep an eye on. If you like to uh, keep tabs, or I like to sometimes turn on notifications for another game in MLS when I'm at TQL Stadium, I turn on notifications, Orlando hosting St. Louis. Uh, we are certainly now in the thick of our Supporter Shield race, and St. Louis losing to Orlando would be real nice. It'd be very comfy. Uh, so, Chief, what do you think? God, this is really going to go one of two ways. I'm. We're going no there's no <laughs> there's no in between on this either it's going to be either it's going to be like another performance like Columbus or DC Ugh. or they're going to win comfortably and so I'm going to lean into the optimist and say they win comfortably I'm going to say this is a this is a 3-1 win Oh that'd be lovely Grayson you go more optimistic or less well, optimistic I already, I already said 3-1 in part 2 yeah, but that so, doesn't count. You have to make your predictions in part three. These are the rules. These are the rules. My prediction, my prediction is also 3-1. But for um, New York City. Wait. No, for FC Cincinnati. And I'll go out on a limb and I'll say it. Like, I have to predict them to win because I don't want to live in a world where they don't win this next game. <laughs> because that's, oh, that, no. takes us, that takes us down a dark timeline. Oh, man. Well, in that case, I will say one nothing to the FCC. That is a true return to form for this team. One goal. Make it late. Make it as late as possible. Oh but my win god! One to no. nothing. I'll add. I'll add a prediction. I'll add a prediction. We get. We finally get our Bupenza, our Bupenza backflip. Oh, that would be lovely. Now that's a narrative that's going to keep going. They'll win this game to avoid the. 
the tailspin narrative or the hangover narrative. But I get a, I, I just have a feeling that the was Bupenza a good signing that that this is going to linger for a couple more weeks. Well, fine. If you guys are going to do that, I'm going to say uh, Halsey starts in place of Barial. He gets the night off, scores the winner. People start asking. Nobody's asking. Nobody's did Barial, asking. Did Barial no, lose no, his starting job? Nobody. Nobody <laughs> is asking this question. Somebody, somebody on Facebook will ask that question. Yes, that's yeah. A. That'll count. Yeah, you know who will ask that question? It'll be the person that was wearing a messy jersey at this last fucking game. That's like, you know, I root for the FC too, and I've got a lot of questions about what's going on. Somebody, somebody posts it on Facebook with their Bitmoji uh, version of themselves asking right. the question. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, you know what? Now this, this gentleman, you're talking about a return to form, a two hour, 15 minute group therapy session. Maybe it was chief's therapy session. <laughs> it's, it's cheaper than real therapy. <laughs> the postcast is back, baby. We got our own microphones. It's real life. All yeah. right. So I, I've just, here we go. Fuck Ted uncle. Um, fuck Don Garber. Fuck Apple Computer, fuck Adidas, fuck Miami, fuck Busquets, fuck, uh, what's his name? Dumbass, DeAndre Yedlin, fuck all these people, fuck Lionel Messi, but most importantly, most importantly of all, fuck Columbus. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cincy Postcast, which is a production of The Post Cincy. You can check us out at thepostcincy.com for all of our written content, as well as links to our social media. You can follow us on Twitter, and as well, you can join us on our Discord server. You can find links to that server both in this episode description as well as on our website that is where most of our conversations are going on we have a lovely community there talking about fc cincinnati mls anything and everything else and everything in between we also want to give a huge thanks to jim trace and the makers for providing all of the music you've heard throughout this episode they're an amazing local cincinnati band again more information about them is in the description of this episode. And if you enjoyed what you listened to, and you've made it to the end, so I'm going to assume you liked it, or you just can't reach your stop button, please like us, review us, subscribe to us, wherever you are getting your podcast. That is going to be really, really helpful. But more importantly, share this with a friend. A personal recommendation helps sped a podcast so much further. So please Share this if you know somebody in your life who's an FC Cincinnati fan, an MLS fan, somebody that you think would enjoy this, pass it on over. Thank you so, so much again for listening. It blows me away that people continue to listen to us, and thank you so, so much again.